Anakin Skywalker falls to the dark side. The Rebel Alliance topples the Galactic Empire. The fate of the Force hangs in the balance as the Sky Guys are back to rank the Star Wars movies. All right, we are back here on the Just End the Suffering podcast, a special Star Wars Sky Guy specialist doing the movie rankings, all 11 live action films in the Star Wars franchise. I'm your host, Mike Phillips. With me, as always, we've got Star Wars content. First up, the man whose voice you hear in the introduction every time, Pete Considori is here. Pete, how are you? Uh, I'm telling you, Mike, I don't know what kind of can of worms you open by doing this, uh, but I'm excited for this for this segment. I'm excited to speak to you guys about it. Always pumped to talk Star Wars. Thanks again for having me. I promise. This is a lot more work than I thought it was going to be, but I think it'll be worth it in the end. And as I've learned in the process of basically trying to race through episode nine today and make sure I had all the movies up to date and keep track of all the feedback that's coming in. Also with us, as always, part of the Sky Guys, Nick Frietta is here. Nick, how are you? Doing great. I'm really excited. This is uh, when you said back in December, we're going to do all the Clone Wars and Rebels and this. I've marked this one on my calendar. This is exciting stuff. Is exciting stuff. And when we are talking about the movies, we have to bring in our resident movie critic on the podcast, the guy I actually did my first Star Wars stuff with. We did the episode nine podcast after it came out in 2019. John Stanko is here. John, how are you? I'm doing great, Mike. I think your ears still might be ringing from all my yelling after the rise of Skywalker, but I'm very happy to be here now to rehash Star Wars and to obviously share some memories with people who love the franchise. Yeah, absolutely. And I got to say, I've been trying to get down your level with the movies. I did watch all 11 live action movies before this podcast, get myself some fresh takes. I love that you did that. I, I admire your dedication to this and all the hard work you put into with all the formulas and stuff. No joke. I think Nick and Pete could agree. You put in a ton of effort already and we haven't even begun yet. All right. So for those who are curious how this works here, earlier, a couple of weeks ago, we put out a form online on Google to submit to the audience to submit their movie rankings. It has gone through the place on the internet. It's gone to some Reddits, it's to friends, people who listen to the podcast. We have over 200 submissions right now, people sending in their movie rankings. It gave you a chance to submit your feedback, get some a poll question there as well. I went through it. I got all your rankings in there. I got the best feedback. So we're going to go through all 11 live action movies. I just want to point out from the top here, I know there were 12 Star Wars theatrical releases. We are not counting the Clone Wars animated movie. Nick, Pete, and I already talked about this. We know this is the worst movie of the bunch. Stanko, I want to go to you. Somebody who has not heard your take on yet. What was your take on this movie when you watched it? I mean, it's it's a kid's movie. I think that's the biggest thing to take into account is that the movie's not great. We have to grade it with a grain of salt. Um, I, I think that's the biggest thing from it. I think it's skippable. I don't think anyone needs to watch it, but if you're a Star Wars fan, you'll glean some things from it. But uh, in terms of it being the worst movie of the bunch here, one may quibble with that, but it's definitely in the bottom third, and, and uh, it's a kid's movie. That's really all it is. It's there to entertain. It did shed Anakin in a new light it, compared to Attack of the Clones or what everyone thought, so that was nice of it to at least give a hint to the audience about what was coming, but overall, definitely skippable. Yeah, Nick, we watched that before as the first thing we started our journey with here. As the first thing we did was that movie, so going back, obviously, this is where you're a Clone Wars fan. You get the Ahsoka Tano, Ahsoka Tano introduction. You get the start of the Clone Wars show, like do you think this is valuable to anyone who wants to start that journey and go, try and catch up with us and go back and listen to some of the stuff we did? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if you're a Star Wars fan, if it says Star Wars in front of it, watch it. Give it a try. Yeah. I mean, I agree. It's a kid's movie. It's a different tone, but it's still Star Wars. Some people might like it. It's just it, not that it's the worst. I think it is, but it, <laughs> it, it, and that, that don't mean that in a, in a negative way. I mean, I don't, I, what I mean is it's not because it's the worst. It's that it's a different thing. It doesn't fit in what we're talking about today. 
But Pete, it does feature the worst character of all time is Year of the Hut. I, I, yes. And I say that in a negative way. It's the worst character. <laughs> it's, and it's, it's a very negative thing. Uh, you know, through the weeks or months, as you guys have heard, Zero the Hut has been the bane of my existence since we met that useless character. So, yeah. So I agree. In a very negative way, Zero the Hut, don't need him. Don't ever need him again. That's also the reason why we did not put that movie in the list here. So as Stanko said, it's a different animal. It's a live, it's an animated movie. It's for the kids. It's a TV show. It is not the same or aim as the other 11. The live action ones Our nine Skywalker Saka films and our, tw- and our two spinoffs, the Rogue One and Solo. So we're going to go down the list from 11 to one. We're going to go down here. We're going to start from the bottom. And Stanko, do you want to take a while? I guess what is at the bottom of the list? I really, for the hope of, for the sake of everyone here and everyone listening, that The Rise of Skywalker is by far the worst Star Wars movie, and it's not even remotely close. Any other suggest guesses on the panel? I agree. I would say I would say eight. I would say uh, the last Jedi. Well, Stanko and Nick are correct. It's the Rise of Skywalker is dead last. An average of ten from the audience. Ten out of eleven. Wow. It really got hammered in the process of this. And Stanko and I did a whole podcast ripping this movie apart with all the plot holes and all the nonsense and all of this not. So that will link to the archives here. So Pete, thoughts on episode nine? So here's the thing, right? I mean, this is where <laughs> Mike, I, Nick and John, I told I told Mike this. I was like, there's going to be a lot of hot takes I'm going to throw out there that are probably, you know how you lose friends through Monopoly. We may lose friends through this podcast. But anyway, <laughs> so, so I think eight is a worse movie than nine because I think nine's problems wouldn't happen if eight didn't happen. Right. So I, I actually kind of like what nine was because they were trying to fix what happened in eight, in my opinion, that's why I ranked eight lower. Um, You know, if they would have went about it differently, right. If they would have went about it differently in eight, I think nine would have been even better um, with uh, you know, the whole emperor coming back and, and just all those, plot holes that you know it just they just kind of pop up right a lot of the ideas the concepts were like okay i can get behind the concept but they don't really explain it right and i think that's eight's fault and that's why i brought eight to the bottom okay so that's so you had this at 10 i'm guessing i I, yes i had a 10 yeah i had a 10 as well i will not reveal what's below it yet but my list i i know what it is you know what it is i'm not gonna save the save the audience here my issue with nine i mean i literally just watched this about two hours ago so it's still fresh in my memory is like Having the lower expectations made it a little more fun to go back and watch, knowing it's a complete dumpster fire and just watching and laughing all the stupid things they put in it. But at the same time, there are a few redeemable things, in my opinion, in episode nine. Obviously, I just, Sorry, Mike, I just wanted to say really quickly, it, no one saw this, but Stanko's eyes when I said what I just said, if you would have saw that, you know, this whole podcast is going to be a wild ride. Just wanted I mean, to throw that out there. I, I, have, I have thoughts. I'm going to be <laughs> quiet for now until called upon. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to you in a minute. I mean, as far as nine is concerned, I mean, I had took notes. I had feedback going in here. I mean, I will say it is the droid arc of movies. Nick C-3PO has the best arc in the entire film. He has a, <laughs> he has a great development throughout the movie. He has that going on. Babu Frick is funny. It has Dominic Monaghan, who I love from Lost Fame as Charlie. He is a, a great resistance fighter. And like I said, this way too many plot holes. The Stank Up podcast, I'll we'll reference that again. I'll link in the show notes. We killed that movie to kingdom come when it came out and i still stand by a lot of this criticism but i think when you go into it knowing it's a disaster you you can still have you have a little more fun with it this time around than you did going in with all the high hopes so i can agree i can agree with you on that i mean i i definitely don't disagree with what pete is saying but at the same time to me 
and this is another one of Pete's hot takes for the Monopoly ones here. I have seven, eight, and nine tied for last. I just had to put them in an order, so I just did it in this order. Just because <gasps> I can, because I can see, <laughs> I can see um, some of the things in eight I don't agree with, but I can see them in a movie sense, like okay, that's the way they decided to go with it. I don't agree with it, but I can see how someone would. In nine, I just can't see how anyone can agree with any of it. All right, Stanko's ready to burst. Let's go to him now. Stanko, go ahead. I will say this. The reason nine, eight, I enjoyed The Last Jedi as strictly Ryan Johnson directing it and the visual aspects of The Last Jedi is the best looking movie of the last three of the recent trilogy, Force Awakens, Last Jedi, and The Rise of Skywalker. That's not debatable. Uh, and Ryan Johnson, magical. J.J. Abrams is not the reason that Nine failed. It's Disney's fault for trying to play it safe and appease everybody, which Ryan Johnson said, screw you guys, I'm going to make a movie that actually flips the script. Do I love The Last Jedi? No. I don't love the tone of Luke Skywalker. I don't love the romance that they forced upon uh, Daisy Ridley's Rey and, and Kylo Ren. I don't love that. But Nine just tried to put a bunch of band-aids on it and instead they created a messy mummy that just everyone wants to burn because it's so bad it, there's there are different rags of bad storylines terrible screenplays terrible acting and it's just a bunch of set pieces that don't mesh well together and if you flush one thing down the whole thing goes down the toilet because nothing was tied together well and it's just horrible planning by disney and everyone planning this franchise jj abrams said it himself that maybe it would have helped if we actually wrote out a trilogy script instead of just going one by one so I don't think you could pin the badness of eight or the badness of nine on Ryan Johnson, the last Jedi. You pin it on Disney, but still the rise of Skywalker is by far the worst movie of the bunch. Yeah. One thing I will say, notice I just watched it again. I forgot about in the time to basically bury in my memory is like how fast they try and race through so much plot in that movie, because you're literally just thrown right in the middle of this. You're assuming, you know, everything. And then we have all the ridiculousness of, Oh, Friends stick together. That's the theme of the whole movie. After we said nine, eight split them up for the entire film, each one of their own quest. So he put them together based on the whole movie. And again, it felt like a lot of course correction as Stanko was pointing to it. They felt they received the hate from the fans. They tried to undo everything from eight and just led to a yeah. very poor product. Guess what? You allowed Ryan Johnson to go off script. You allowed him to go on the dirt road and pave his own path. You can't get back on the asphalt once that happens. You have to go with the ride that you allowed to happen. You can't just get back on the road. So I... Again, it's Disney's fault. J.J. Abrams could have done a better job directing. The screenplay was atrocious. There was just a bunch of MacGuffins and bringing Palpatine back. I didn't like any of it. Didn't didn't like any of it at all. Uh, Pete, Nick, any thoughts before I get to the audience? I'll go. I, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. I just think that at the same time, the audience had a pro had problems with eight for a reason. But I don't disagree at all. Once you go off that trail, you can't get back on it. I completely agree with that. That's that's not debatable. And as a whole, this is Disney's fault. I had read somewhere, we'll get to seven, I'm assuming shortly, but when we get to seven, I had heard that J.J. Abrams said that he didn't have enough time to write the script. You had 30 that's, years. You have 30 years. That's Disney's fault. That's didn't. They, they, oh, yeah, no, that's what, I'm, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah that's not J.J. Yeah, that's, you had 30 years to write that script. The movie came out in 1983. Everyone, every single one of us, all of our brothers, our sisters, our cousins, we all had an idea of what happened after episode six in our mind. Everyone had it. It wasn't like, oh, what do I do? Oh, a movie after six? Whoa, un unknown territory? Come on. Yeah, that's for sure. Pete, anything you want to add or we'll go to the audience? No, I mean, look, I obviously agree with with everything that was said. The The reason why I put eight lower is is, you know, I'm not blaming the director. I'm blaming Disney as well. I just think it was poor planning. 
And I think that whatever comes before, yes, you have to take that and rock with it. And JJ Abrams didn't like Jank, then the, like Sanko said, but, but I, I don't know. I feel like maybe if Disney didn't give the green light to that second director and said, stay the path, maybe it would have made more sense. Not saying they would have been better movies, but maybe it would have made more sense the storyline. Yeah, that's something I want to just jump in real quick. I think I could be wrong. I don't know exactly, um, John, how you go with movies, but the way it seems to work here, me and Pete are more after what's a better Star Wars thing, and Mike, and I'm assuming you, is what's better an actual film. And that's how def- we're, we're, we're going to see that going back and forth a little bit in this. I think you're probably a little bit right. I definitely am, could be a movie snob, and I'll admit it. So, yeah. I, I, I and, and, right. and then me and Pete are more Star Wars snobs. Well, I'm glad you brought that up, Nick, because I'll probably bring this up later in the rankings when we get to the older movies. I'm going to explain it later, but there's nothing wrong with judging the technical aspects of the film. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's awful. No, I'm not saying there is. I'm just saying oh, that's yeah. two different people, two different perspectives yeah, on how we view stuff. Yeah. yeah, movies are subjective. Entertainment is subjective. Absolutely. All right, let's get to some of the audience feedback here. That's some that's one of the great things about that forum was that people were able to get their takes. And as you guessed, number number nine was obviously the lowest rank for a lot of people. So one of the questions on the forum was, why is number 11 your lowest ranked movie? So I got some fun takes on this one. And I go to Max Roberts first. Said, not is as bad as the holiday special, but it's close. It cares all the words. That was the fan base. Those who didn't like The Last Jai because it was quote unquote different. And Whole movie makes me angry. It's like poorly written fan fiction. Matches up blender. We're giving a $200 million budget. That's not about right to you, Stanko. Sounds about right to me. The screenplay was written by somebody on Reddit. That's basically <laughs> what happened. And that actually, it's like in the theater, I was actually sitting there like, this is the final, like this is the Avengers Endgame of Star Wars. Like this, like I was thinking like, the, I could, I feel like this is what I imagined in my head when I was 12 years old. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and speaking of, speaking of Avengers Endgame, Pete, I remember we did the preview podcast for part of the podcast for that. And you actually called the fact that they would have a massive fleet in the middle of nowhere. It made no sense, and exactly what happened. Total fluke. Total fluke. Don't don't. Yeah, that's. I just pulled that one out of my butt. I don't know where that came from, but I was right. So you you were like, right. like like me with Garrett Cole. <laughs> yeah, pulled it out of nowhere, and I ended up being right. And that's one of the things I want to talk about for a second here is that whole thing at the end where Lando goes around the galaxy, Stank and I rich to the part of the time saying that makes no sense how we just find everybody and we have like a gigantic fleet out of nowhere. And I get they're trying to have their Avengers endgame moment where they have all the heroes come out of the portals, except they have all the lights and shit. But there were no characters that we cared about other than Wedge and the person we met earlier in the movie who used to be Poe's girlfriend. So, I mean, that's a problem. Yeah. Too, too many years in the future, you know? And Avengers Endgame is five years ahead of Infinity War. This is 32, 31, about years from Return of the Jedi. Everyone's, we don't even know where they are. We don't even know if they're alive. Yeah. Pete, we couldn't have had Rex show up in a fighter and just just, just cameo him for fan, for Clone Wars fans? Uh, I say we do, a, we do a rebrand. I say we do we do a whole new trilogy, do a, do a director's cut with new directors, and we do that. Yeah. And Nick, I did notice when Ray listens to all the Jedi voices at the end that Ashley Eckstein's Ahsoka Tano voice is there. Yeah, that's that's a cool touch. Some some of the other characters were in there from prequels and stuff, like people who didn't have any lines in the movies, like just in the background, which is cool. Always nice to bring stuff together. But why would not? I don't know. Maybe I'm out of line here. Why not just show them? Yeah. Like, wouldn't that add so much to the movie if you saw um, like a younger Mark Hamill? Maybe not like, you know, like not 1983 Mark Hamill, but like, 
the Mark Hamill that we see in the flashbacks and in, in uh, the Last Jedi, you know, Mace Windu, that, that age, like Mace Windu. Why, why not just show them? Why not show Anakin Skywalker? I don't know which one you show. That's up for debate. I know that's a hot topic too on which one you show, but why not show something? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and one point I want to bring up, I got another Nick made this point. I want to bring this up as well. He has a big issue with the fact of Ray at the end taking the Skywalker name. And she says, one of the biggest lessons in Star Wars is that your name and your past do not define your future. Ray should take it on the name of Palpatine and bring new honor to her name. Instead, she takes up the name of Skywalker for zero reason, just dips. I mean, it's not wrong. I mean, we had that issue in the movie because eight, the whole thing was, I like a direction of, oh, you're nobody. And at the end of eight, we see the kid pick up the broom with the fours and like, oh, Hey, this kid could be a future Jedi, but we throw all that away because you have to be in the magical bloodlines to have the force. Yeah, it's trash. It's lazy. It's to make the to to appease the fans who don't want to extend their mind to the fact that the Star Wars universe can exist outside of the Skywalker saga. It's basically all it's laziness. I genuinely think that. And uh, I was fuming in the theater when it happened, and I still am now. Yeah, Pete, did that bother you at the time? The Ray Skywalker thing? Oh yeah, it, it bothered the hell out of me. And I'm glad John brought that up. Disney completely threw their chips into this being the only Star Wars trilogy that anyone would know of the new generation. I you mean, go to I, Disney World or Disneyland, the other movies don't exist. And it's correct. insane. Correct. You, you, marketing and the, the only three, and the only reason why the only reason why a bunch of the old characters exist in the the you know in Disney World is because they're in seven. Yeah, you know, right. But like so so you know it's it's I think that was the problem just going in, not to go on a small tangent here, but I think that was the problem going into this trilogy that they went in going, we have to appeal to new people, but that doesn't necessarily mean you have to forget what happened in six other movies that built the entire franchise. Well, if you want to go even more hardcore, three movies that built the entire franchise in the late seventies, early eighties. Yeah. And they went back to those three movies after nine bombs. I mean, everything since then has been that either new, like era right after the original trilogy or leading up to it, as we've seen in bad bats, that seems what they're doing. They're focusing on now. Yeah, I think I think they're overcorrecting though. I, they're doing they're doing a good job at it. I mean, I, I don't think anyone is saying the Bad Batch is worse than Episode Nine, but but I think it's an overcorrection now. Now they're trying to say, okay, well, we went too far ahead. There's no, um, you know, there's no going back now. We need to we need to actually do some middle ground work now with, you know, the Mandalorian, Sokotano, Book of Boba, all that stuff. Yeah, and I'll leave one more piece of feedback from Nine. This is from John N. So he says, instead of sticking to the bad star, at least staying consistent, they decided to make all new chains again. They tried to trick the fans and bring back Lando and the Emperor and Han. I face out the end with the Jedi versus the Sith, just like six, but the real fans noticed. I did something fun about having Ben do the four seal, then realized it comes out of left field. And it's, so they made a huge out saying, hey, please watch the latest episode of Mando just to see Baby Yoda do the four seal. Again, the real fans noticed they had Han be a force ghost, like, no. Stop trying to bring people back to make us think the movie is good. It's garbage. And Nick, I mean, all those points, I completely forgot the fact that they push the episode of Mandalorian out two days early, make sure that the, that the force heel was in the minds of the audience going into it. Yeah, I mean, look, I know who made that comment. I know exactly who that is. I will mention his name, and I completely agree with him. And it, it's just as simple as they're milking this cow as dry as they possibly can for every cent possible, and they don't care what they ruin along the way. Yeah. And I, I, and I mean that in terms of the movies. When it comes to the shows, actually, I think Disney's done a great job. Yeah, with the, with these movies, they're just bold. It's every penny they can get. Yeah, and this is a point you've made on the pocket for you. Feel like Star Wars functions better as a television show than a movie at this point. Now, you know, in now. the past, of course, I didn't think that. But yeah, now I believe that. All right. Anything else you want to say on nine before he finished beating the dead horse? It sucked. <laughs> 
All right. Next up on the countdown, we're going to number 10. And we're going one movie backwards. We're going back to The Last Jedi. It's not, sh- not shocking here. Episode 8. Average of 9.6 from the audience poll here. So a little bit better. These two were far and away the least popular movies in the bunch. And does that surprise anybody, Sanko? Surprises me a little bit. Uh, I had Last Jedi ranked 7th. Um, again, I think this is the most beautifully made movie of the newer ones. Ryan Johnson was phenomenal. I think that this movie, while on its whole, is not great, has my favorite two set pieces, just strictly scenes of the newest trilogy, that being with the throne, the throne room fight with uh, Kylo and Rey. I thought that was absolutely uh, just probably the best lightsaber duel. You could argue maybe one of the newest trilogy. And then the, uh, the, the hyperspace jump from Admiral Holdo, when it cuts to silence and explodes the empire, the empire ship, uh, magical filmmaking, magical audio mixing, just fantastic direction there from Johnson and goosebump inducing moment uh, for in terms of a space battle and space moment. Um, those so those two moments are my favorite of the newest trilogies and of uh, the newest trilogy, and that's why this movie stands at rank eight for me. I didn't hate it, I didn't think it was great, but it was the most beautifully made and had two great set pieces. Yeah, I had it seven as well. I mean, I have mom. I think I'm higher on this movie, honestly, than most people are. Because I've watched this movie again, and I, I saw this three times in theaters. I was like, just so as you said, the visuals are stunning. The battle on crate when you have the red sand kicking up, it's like really visually stunning. I think there are things I like here. I think Ray's storyline as a whole was pretty good. I think that works. I don't think Luke's arc is as bad as people make it out to be. I think there are moments where I have issues with it, but I think I think that's that's my thing there. The Poe and Finn stuff, I know where they're trying to go with the characters, but how they got there was horrible. I will it was give the you worst that. part of the movie. That like, and Rose. Yeah, I don't even remember what did Poe do. I don't even remember. Casino Planet is Poe. Wasn't that Finn? Oh no, uh, Poe Finn. Oh uh, Finn, Poe is the one where he's trying to mutiny. Oh Poe was the power struggle between him and Holdo and Leia yeah. unconscious. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, shows how much how many times I've seen it. I think I've only seen it two or three times. Yeah, um, but you know, I don't really disagree with what you guys are saying in terms of direction and all the stuff that I'll be honest, I don't care about, like the lighting and stuff like that. If you're a film buff, you know, by all means, I understand people love that stuff. I get that, but for me, it's it's lore breaking. Yeah, it's lore breaking I- for me. But but in terms of a movie, if it wasn't named Star Wars, I don't think it's a bad film at all. Yeah, I think this is the point Stank I try and go to. I think Nick lay out perfectly. P, you, you know your things. I think it's a Star Wars movie. It's bad. I think if it's just a general movie, it's good. Do you do you agree with that? Yeah. So like Nick said in the beginning, I'm ranking these based on as a Star Wars movie. And that's why I brought that down. I mean, I have to be honest with you, even as bad as eight and nine are, I still enjoyed watching all the movies on this list because I'm, I usually go into movies and say, all right, let, let's see how this is as a standalone movie. Let's let's not think of the title. Like, you know, Nick just said, like, okay, if it's not a Star Wars movie, whatever. And I watch it. A lot of plot holes in nine. Eight was a little bit boring for me. I got to be honest. The whole Leia thing floating back to the ship. Don't know where that came from. What the hell, yeah, what the hell was that? Harry right. Pop- Poppins. So there is that the casino world like we didn't need there was just you know what it was eight to me was the filler movie you know how we always talked about filler episodes in clone wars to me eight was a filler movie and that's why i ranked it so low because at least nine had some sort of big moment quote unquote obviously it wasn't a huge moment that everyone wanted but at least there was a moment to to, that there was a build-up to this was just like okay the kid moved the broom 
cool. Like I, I didn't really get much out of the movie in my opinion. Granted it was, it was cool to see, you know, Luke in the movie for the most part. Right. And the whole ending scene of eight, that was all cool. I, I just, it, it was very lackluster for me. Beautiful movie. Like John was saying, beautifully shot. One of the best visual movies out of all of these movies, which I have to agree with him as well. I, as a Star Wars movie, though, it just it just falls so flat. Yeah, I, I I noticed this. I said this as I left the theater to my same buddy, the one micro you quoted earlier. I, I said to him when we left the theater, I said, "Did we really have an hour storyline in Star Wars about a parking ticket? <laughs> a parking ticket was an hour of our story. Like, what, why don't they just park farther away, and then everything would be fine?" Are we really led to believe that they parked too close, so they're trying to kill them and all this stuff? Yep. Hey, you know, there's, there are elite snobs on that casino planet. <laughs> My God. Yeah. Speaking of, like, the casino I love planet, the music in the casino, though. The music in the casino was fantastic. The casino planet, we all agree, is a terrible story. I'm not going to dig, dig a dead horse in that. The thing I want to touch on here also is the twist with Supreme Leader Snoke, because they built spend seven up. He's only on a view screen on the hologram, and you let him, and then you get to this point in the middle of eight, where he brings Ray, Kylo brings Ray to him. He orders Kylo to kill Ray. Instead, he turns on Snoke, murders him, and then says, "You know what? I'm going to take command of this of the Supreme War, of this uh, First Order myself. I'm going to run the whole thing." And sort of flips your accusations on your head. Stanko, as as the time, what would you think of that twist? I thought it was a great. Uh, I remember watching the movie actually shocked. I was like, "Oh damn! Like this is actually happening." Yeah. Um, I think I've grown to love it as it's gone on because. They took a shot. They they actually swung for the fences, and you could determine if it's a strikeout or if they knocked it out of the park. But they took the shot. They weren't they weren't scared. So I respect that in a movie when it's confident in itself. And you can't deny whether you like the Last Jedi or not. It's very confident in what it is, and it's like you're gonna like it or you're not. Make up your mind. And so that was the moment. That was the moment where I clicked for me, going, "This movie's different. You're either gonna fall. You're gonna fall somewhere on the spectrum, but it's making a statement." So I remember I was shocked when I first saw. It. Yeah, P, I remember when I saw that, I was thinking like, whoa, this is cool. And I love the fact that everybody accuses the sequel trailer of trying to copy the originals too much. Exactly. This is one where you, you did not do that because you could say, oh, this is the moment where he turns on his leader and then they say the galaxy. But no, he does what the Emperor thought Vader would do, where he kill him and r- rule with Luke. That's what the plan of Kylo tried to go on. What do you think about that? No, I, th- I think that part was brilliant. Um, at first, I was like, okay, that this Supreme Leader is just going to die like that, and we're not going to see more of him. But, but you know, as I matured with the movie and, and watched it a couple more times, I was like, all right, I, I get what they're doing here, and I understand the angst that Kylo Ren is feeling and, and, and him trying to be the baddest of the bad, and he can't do that with him there, so he goes and just just completely, like, like, like John said, like one of the best lightsaber duels, battles in – the you know the new trilogy so um in the sequel so i i I actually find that part of the movie very satisfying it's the rest that falls flat yeah and nick one other thing i want to toss before we go to the audience here what do you think about the cameo from yoda here i thought that was a fun surprise that like none of us saw coming in the theater yeah i like that i like that he looked a little weird but i liked it he looked a little different but um, I, I liked having Yoda there, but I, I want to share my point, my my thoughts on that scene, if you don't mind, sure. the, the the Snoke scene. I like, same reaction as everybody when it first happened. I'm like, that what? But I like it. At the end of the day, it's Anakin in Episode Three says to Padme, "Join me. I can throw the, overthrow the Emperor more powerful than him." Basically, Kylo's doing what Anakin said he was going to do. I enjoyed that. It kind of gets kind of a callback to that, and 
I enjoyed that aspect of it, but I would like to see more of Snoke. Or I mean, not now, obviously he's gone, but you know what I mean? I would have liked to have seen more of him, know more, a little bit more about the character before he, he just went away. And then the only explanation we got was Palpatine, who we got no explanation on why he was there saying, I made him. So like, you just, you answered a question by, with another, with, you know what I'm saying? You, you answered a question by creating a bigger question. So you didn't really answer the question. Somehow Palpatine returned. That's always my favorite line. <laughs> I had to get that in there somehow. But I also point out here, the other thing that minor complaint on this movie, as in my con list, we wasted Captain Phasma, the coolest looking stormtrooper ever, and she just dies by falling into a hole. I think you've ruined Finn's arc too. Finn's whole, Finn's whole arc should have been like recruiting other stormtroopers to defect or something like that and leading a movement against, and he ended up just yelling a lot. Yeah, the thing I liked with Finn, the direction they were going with in episode eight, I'm going to stand up this one. It's like a lot of this movie we see, and we saw it in seven too. It's I thought going back helped me. It's like a lot of it's like Finn's trying to run away from things. He's running from the Empire. Then he tries to run when the first night of trouble comes in, and he's running away beginning of eight. And then at the end of the movie, he says, you know what? I'm not running. I'm going to sacrifice myself so everybody else can live. And then that gets undercut because Rose saves him because love. And that was so that's thing. I made me drop it from where I had, I had higher originally. I'm like, didn't make any sense. I'm like, like, he has this heroic moment here where, and you would have had some big balls from Ryan Johnson to actually go through a killing off one of your main characters there. Like I would have enjoyed that. I, I like I Finn as a character. To. Yeah, me too. I like Finn as a character. I don't, I don't like, I wanted that to happen. Not because I wanted Finn to die. I don't like him. I like Finn as a character. And that would have been a very powerful moment. Yeah, because Stank, I think the point is like he would have made the big sacrifice play and he would have shown that I'm not running away anymore. I'm running to save the people I care about. And then he just undercut that because we need him for the third movie. Yeah, I, I again, I think it was they had a star in the making and he was kind of the breakout star of The Force Awakens. So I don't think they had the, the courage to kill him, if you will. Again, it would have been a great moment because they would have swung out. They would have swung for a home run twice, killing Snoke and killing Finn. Again, Rose is an atrocious character. I, I, I Mike knows how much I despise her. I know it's kind of tough to to rank on her character because she got beat up a lot online, which stinks. Nobody knows she have that happen, but her purpose in the last Jedi, and she was just erased from the rise of Skywalker. She was an awful annoyance. So, and that really, really hurt me with my relationship to Finn as the character because Rose was there contaminating the screen. All right. Let's go to some audience feedback here. Episode eight. Before, got- before you go, Mike, I have to add one thing about this movie that I just, I've never seen brought up anywhere. And it bothers me to no end. The entire arc on Poe's character in that movie was that he was a trigger finger, trigger happy. What's the word I'm looking for? Trigger happy. Trigger happy. Trigger happy pilot who had no boundaries and this and that. And that was his arc is how to stop himself and how to learn how to take instruction, right? Yeah. That wasn't a problem in episode seven. They created a problem to solve it. In seven, he was a calm, collective pilot and he was great at it. And then they created a problem only to solve it. He didn't have anything to do in that movie. So they made something up. Right. All right. And I always got on my nerves. Okay. Let's go to the audience here. Got some feedback here. I do have some pros from the uh, from the Last Jedi fans, and there's a couple of people here. Uh, my friend Christopher Russo, not the Mad Dog, is a kid I know who has always interned at the SMY. We didn't get Mad the- Dog on this. No, I did not get Mad Dog. Come on. Yeah. He said, "I hate the casino storyline from Last Jedi, but aside from the ending, with the movie is otherwise outstanding in my opinion." So he is a pro Last Jedi guy. Well, let's get him on and find yeah. out why. A little short, a little bit short of an answer from me. All right. Also positive from Twig, and this is something he says here. I know it's popular to hate the Last Jedi for ruining Luke and the canon and breaking the rules and everything, but hear me out. It's my favorite of the sequels. 
even though it's a god awful Star Wars movie, it's the only one of the three that actually bothers to be a movie. It's the only one I actually enjoy I watching. The soundtrack the strongest of the three. Luke versus Kylo Ren was actually kind of cool. And as it wrecks the rules of the universe, when I saw the Holdo maneuver in the theater, holy hell, that was cool. CLJ was somewhat original, even though I despise this direction it went. I respect the way it compares to the other two shitty OT remakes. Stanko, did you use a uh, ghost persona here? <laughs> no, I did not. But you know what? That sounds pretty good to me. Yeah. Because it sounds like everything you said. <laughs> almost, yeah. almost, yeah. I don't disagree with that either. That's really, I don't think that really can be really disagreed. It's, That's a fair it, point. It, it, yeah, it took a shot. It did. I don't, I don't agree with it, but people could. Yeah, I think honestly, this is also a franchise problem where, like, if you do not want Ryan Johnson to take that swing, don't hire Ryan Johnson. Exactly. Well, they should have just had Screen one director Disney. for the whole thing, but that's a different story. All right, let's go to some of the negative feedback here. This is from our friend Vin Gallo, Nick. He said, Yeah, he left that out because it's terrible. I did a lot of the setup <laughs> done in The Force Awakens, kill Luke for no reason, side life is a new random story about animal rights and the ethics of war, and completely wasted Captain Phasma. I mean, not much, not much to really discuss. I, I didn't hate the killing of Luke. I just didn't like that Luke could force project himself across a freaking galaxy. I thought that was a little cheap. Yeah, I, I agree with uh, with John there. I don't hate the killing of Luke. It just doesn't make sense why he can Skype like that. Yeah. <laughs> Another one from Mike Brescia. Just a miserable, miserable movie. It brought the franchise's success in cinema to a screeching halt, which I strongly agree with Pete. Yeah, so... I'm just going to leave it at this. I think a lot of what was said by our our co-hosts here or our guests here kind of proves that as a Star Wars movie, eight is worse than nine. And we had, you know, eight as a Star Wars movie is worse because we've brought up a lot of points saying how a lot of characters, story arcs that could have been great have been shot down, how there's a lot of cheap things like Leia just floating back to the ship or, you know, Luke Skyping to a different plan in the galaxy. I think plot holes and corny lines in nine don't make it worse than a lot of what was wrong with eight as a star Wars movie. Again, as a technical movie, fantastic as a star Wars movie, I think it brings it under nine and that's how I'll leave it. Okay. What about this point from Alec here? It's an interesting question here. After Carrie Fisher's death, they should have reshot the ending for Luke to live and move his death to episode nine. What do you think about that? Sanko? I don't like it. I like that eight ended with Luke dying. Don't let the shadow of Luke Skywalker, the most famous character of the franchise, cloud over the last movie. Because everyone would have just been talking about what's Luke, what's going to happen to Luke and not the other characters like Ray, Finn, or the ones we're supposed to care about. So I, I disagree with that take. All right. One more comment here from Lightsaber Metrics, a great, fantastic baseball reference name here. It says, Mark Hamill is great in The Last Jedi. They love the final battle of Luke's force projection. It allows for more emotional build than any other moment in the sequel trilogy. This is great to Mark Hamill more than RJ, though. I think the believers of TLJ to the follow-up episode said that what made sense with a carbon copy of Empire with a new skin. Nobody would have wanted that either. JJ's as responsible as RJ is for episode eight. I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I get to the point now where it's been four years, almost five years. I don't care whose fault it is. <laughs> it, they, they're not good. You know... Disney effed up. They're bad. You can argue some of them have good things in them, sure. But, I mean, come on. Like, I, I don't care. Was it JJ's fault? Was it RJ's fault? Was it Kathleen Kennedy's fault? Was it whose fault it was? I hate to say it. It was George Lucas's fault. He never should have sold it. Yeah, well, let's leave it. Leave that there. We'll move on to the next movie here. We've killed the two bottom movies long enough. Let's go on to the next one on the list. Any guesses here, Nick, where we're going next? I think it's going to be – actually, I don't have a guess. I don't have a guess. There's like 
four that I could see being here. Uh, P, who do you, what do you think we're going? Uh, maybe solo. Stanko, any, any guesses? I would, I had to tackle the clones at number 10 for me. So that'd be my next worst. You are all wrong. The next one on the list is episode seven, The Force Awakens. Got an average of 8.04 from the audience. There was a big trend in the polling. A lot of people went 9, 10, 11 with the sequel trilogy, back to back to back of the bottom of the list. I don't agree with this. I think this is just people now hating on the new trilogy and forgetting if you're a Star Wars fan, when you saw The Force Awakens for the first time, you had goosebumps and you walked out of that theater giddy as a child. So if you have this movie ranked this low, stop putting your prejudice from the other movies you don't like onto this one. Because if you're a Star Wars fan, and this movie I'm thinking of as just a fan, this movie rocked when you saw it in theaters for the first time. When you saw that trailer and the Millennium Falcon go up into the sky and the music hit when this trailer dropped the first time, you're, you had tears in your eyes. So people, stop projecting. The Force Awakens, sure, it's a remake of A New Hope. Great. So better special effects. Your characters are back. You saw some cool lightsaber battles. Stop hating on this movie. I 1,000% agree. I had this number three on my list. Like I was very high in the Force Wing. Oh, I, I have it that. I loved in the theater. I had so much fun watching it again. It's so fun. You have it's the funniest one of the movies, I think, because you get the humor just actually flows very well. And I think for me, the big thing, Harrison Ford, I think, has a phenomenal time in this movie because he finally gets to die. He's been trying yeah. to die for three movies. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. He had fun making the movie. I had this at number six. I don't know where Nick and P had it, but I did I did it at number six in my rankings. Yeah. Any thoughts on Harrison Ford, guys? He did a great job. That was his movie. Yeah. Absolutely. That was his movie, 100%. I actually have a buddy. We'll mention his name because it's a little embarrassing for him. But one time we, I showed him all the Star Wars movies and he said to me at the end, he goes, you know which one I like? The one with Harrison Ford. And I go, what? <laughs> I think he, he meant this one. So he liked this one. He liked the job Harrison Ford did. Yeah. And Pete, any, anything you want to add on seven? Yeah. So I had seven at three as well. Um, I think it's a very strong Star Wars movie. Um, like... Stanko said, I mean, this is this is like a reskin of four. So if you liked four, you should like seven too. Um, and it has better effects. Again, I don't judge it on effects, I judge it on a Star Wars movie. Um I, I have to agree with what everything said. I just I I have to say, Mike, I have it up there at three with you. Yeah. I also think one other thing I enjoyed about this one is obviously we're gonna not waste our time saying, Oh, it was a carbon copy four. We know this. They made this on purpose if you like four. Absolutely. I think the thing I like about this is also another thing that's underrated. Finn being a doofus throughout the entire movie is hilarious because he goes around to act like he knows everything. He gets like basically shown up the entire movie. He gets his butt kicked by like, several characters. It's funny watching him just stumble his way through the whole thing. Finn's very funny in this movie. There's no debate. But I have to say, I'm in the minority in this, this panel here. I have this movie at 10. And I have major, major problems with not just this movie. It's not this movie I have a problem with. It's more of the transition to the sequel era of Star Wars. And this happens to be first. Exactly what John said is true for me. I was tearing when I saw the trailer. I had goosebumps in the theaters. I can't deny that. I loved it the first time I watched it. You know what I mean? I, I can't disagree with that. But what that movie did to our characters and our storyline. You had Han Solo, who spent an entire trilogy going from a smuggler to learning how to care for people, how to ch- building a family, getting a relationship. 30 years later, he's a smuggler again. You have Leia, who's a strong fighter, a strong politician. 30 years later, she's a failed politician and a failed military leader. Luke Skywalker, built up to be the greatest Jedi, ever, maybe, you know, maybe not ever, but you know what I mean, at least in Star Wars canon, from what we know of. 
30 years later, he's a failure. What do we, all our characters are just failures so you can make someone else better? Yeah, I think they did that because of the Ben Solo. I think they tried to legitimize why everything happened. I mean, you, there are divorces in real life when children die and stuff like that. I think you could, I understand that you could disagree with it because it does rewind a lot that was done in the original trilogy, but at least they didn't just have it happen like the Rise of Skywalker where they just threw it in as a MacGuffin or like you said, The Last Jedi where they gave Poe just the random all of a sudden trigger happy problem. They at least tried to explain it in Force Awakens. I do agree. Or not, they at least tried. I do agree that they tried to do something with it. I just don't agree with taking all of our characters. Lando, too. He was he was taught that it was not about the money and, and taking deals. It's about saving your friends. He's not even there. They didn't even ask him. Billy D. Williams, why were you not in Force Awakens? They didn't ask me. Yeah. Yeah, I think also one thing I'll point out here was like, the general trend with the feedback I saw from the audience, the ones who were down on nine, was that they sort of went with Nick's point where they sort of, destroy everything that happened in the first six and basically set the stage for this trilogy. And then they basically blamed eight and nine happening on seven being what it was. That was sort of the general trend I saw was that that was the belief that if nine was not what it seven was not what it was, eight and nine would have not been make, having all those issues. That's the take the audience seemed to have. Well, then should they all have ranked the force awakens last as the culprit for everything bad that right. happened after it? Right. Yeah. There, were, there was a decent percentage of people who ranked it last. I, I would, I would agree with that. I, I have to put, make this one point about seven. I think Seven does the best job in introducing and developing the most characters in one movie. Yes. Kylo Ren, Ray, Finn, Poe, right? Yep. Those are the main. Then you have continuing development of old characters. Even if they're failures, they're still development. And they set up so much. And that's why I think Eight is the worst because then it goes a whole different direction. So... I think seven for me is so high because as a Star Wars movie, it brings the most character development and the most story that could be continued probably out of all of the movies that we watched. Yeah. I think honestly, there's a good point, Pete, maybe, because I think like they set you up well. And I remember that's probably the most fun of watching a Star Wars movie in the theater because every time something came up, it was a pop. When the Money Falcon shows up, everybody's screaming out of their minds. When Hans uh, I don't off. think that makes it a good movie more than people who are just blinded by nostalgia. Yeah, I think it was the most fun I'm saying. I'm not saying it was a movie. Uh, okay, yeah. I say it's the most fun I've had, like fair. watching a Star Wars movie. I did. definitely agree. I definitely agree. Like, I saw the Millennium Falcon. I'm on crazy. I agree, of course. Yeah, I, I was like, I thought they set some good points up, like Han being killed by Kylo. I thought that was an interesting turn there because they set you up to like, oh, maybe he turns him back. And then you had that moment. You have the setup here where oh my gosh, we have this big moment. I think the moment at the end of the movie too, when we see Ray extending the lightsaber to Luke on Octo, like that looks cool. And like, that's a great place to leave off. And then where they go from, it's obviously problematic, but I thought they left you with a good visual to tease you for more. I, I don't really, I don't really disagree with you. I just look at that movie as uh, we ended in six with no more of this empire rebellion. We start and it's immediately empire rebellion again. So why did we have the first six movies? If you're just going to tell us none of it mattered, none of the characters mattered, Anakin's, according to Nine, Anakin's redemption didn't matter because he had a, the Emperor had a secret fleet all along. He could have just told Luke before he died. None of that mattered. So, okay, forget the first six. This is the real Star Wars. Why? Because Disney has to milk this dry. Okay. Let's move on to our next movie here. Let's go I, love, I love that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I try not to bog us down here because they spent almost 45 minutes on the, on the sequel trilogy. And I think we should pick up the face a little bit. Get some of the right. Yeah, I agree. All right. Number eight on the list. I think 
There are a couple contenders here in my personal book that I have lower, but the audience has gone with Solo at number eight, 7.84 average, a little bit ahead of episode seven. And I think I had this at number nine. It's actually one of the movies that got worse for me on the rewatch where I'd seen it. Really? Yes, I got, I got, I got worse for me. And it's just surprising because I mean, I had moments. I thought I had some fun. I was watching this one. And I mean, I think for me, like Donald Glover's great as Lando. I will, I will not acknowledge, I will not dispute that. I also think in terms of this one that we had, you know, the cast in general is pretty good. L3, the, the, the droid becomes the computer of the Millennium Falcon is a lot of fun. I think the problem though is the plot. I was having trouble following it along with it. There were, you're hopping around all over the place, not really much explanation. And I think there wasn't too much explanation of canon, like things like we didn't need to explain the dice on the ship or the voice of the computer. And I honestly think that we could have had a better Han Solo than Alden Ehrenlich. I think we could have had a better choice for that role. Any thoughts? I agree. I'm going to share one quick thing because I've been talking a lot. I just want to say so far, these four movies are exactly in my rankings. That's all I want to say. Voice of the people. I, I had Solo actually had it as well. So this is literally right where I had it. Um, I agree with what Mike said that uh, Aaron uh, Eldon Eckhart is the worst part of this movie. And it's not good that he's in the lead. There's a reason there was not a Solo 2 or that there's no continuing possible Solo franchise is because he was frankly very bad as, as a titular character. Uh, yeah, so I agree with you. It was at eight. It was a romp movie. I have no desire to watch it again whatsoever. The, uh, the robbery sequence with the train on that ice planet Pretty cool. We'll say that as a set piece, but otherwise, meh. Yeah. Yeah. P, any thoughts on Solo? Yeah. So I have Solo at eight. I have one movie under that, which we'll get to in a little bit, I'm sure. Uh, but what, what got Solo for me was the appearance of Maul and how he was the Mr. leader of the, of the crime. Yeah. Mr. Maul. Uh, he was the leader of all the, the, the crime families or the crime syndicates in, in Star Wars. Um, that seeing that after watching Clone Wars to me was really cool. The rest of the movie, we didn't need it. So it's, again, like a filler movie. Like, hey, we should give Solo a movie. They did. The only thing that really impressed me was seeing Mr. Maul in there. Um, but seeing Mr. Maul actually made it go above one movie because at least it gave a lot more story than this one. But we'll get to that later. Yeah, so Mike, Mike, I think that the inclusion of Maul is what made me like this movie at all and it's because at the end of the movie i could leave that theater and i did i left that theater and i said to my buddy mike brasher who i've seen him all with i said that appearance right there shows you that the clone wars are to be taken seriously yeah true yeah yeah i remember watching i had not seen clone wars yeah i'm confused like wait malt alive and then i I got like i got like 10 texts like i thought he was dead when did this movie take place like you know stuff like that yeah and p i see you brought a prop with you i think you see you have the mr maul pop figure I, I do, but but Funko Pop messed up and and uh, they labeled it Darth Maul, but it's Maul with the the dark saber and his uh, single lightsaber. He's not a Darth that. anymore. He's not Darth anymore. So I, I find that funny that it's still labeled Darth Maul that in, in pop culture and not in Star Wars uh, canon, they still refer to him as Darth Maul. Yeah, and Stanko, this is something maybe over your head because this is something that Nick pointed out to us on the Clone Wars recast that he's not a Darth anymore. He's not one of the Sith Lords anymore. So now we have taken to calling him Mr. Maul. So we gave him an official name. I gather that from the context. Yeah, so I'm with you, Mike. <laughs> I, did, I, didn't, I didn't watch Clone Wars before seeing this, though I had heard that Maul was still alive uh, in that show. So I wasn't totally shocked when I saw him. But I will say it did trigger my interest to begin watching Clone Wars. So I credit Solo with that. It got me into the show. 
Yeah. I also want to point out one piece of feedback here from Nick D'Alessio, who is on this podcast before doing a, he did his Mando recap me, I think last season, he pointed out that this movie, you can tell that was in development hell. And this was a movie that got changed directors, languished for a few years. This thing killed all these spinoff movies. Uh, I don't think it killed it permanently. I think it put it in hibernation. Well, I, I mean, agree. I agree. I mean, we got like stuff like Mando and Obi Wan, the Boba, especially Obi Wan Boba Fett movie. The ship turned to Disney Plus shows. For now, they're dead. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I again, I think that in three years we're going to see uh, Star Wars spinoffs, etc., happening again. Well, does Rogue Squadron count as a spinoff, or is that that's a, yeah, that's a spinoff? I would say. Is it? Sure. Is yeah. It, does it? When does it take place? Do we know anything really about it? Not really. Yeah, well, we'll see in the future. All right. I don't, I don't think there's anything else to say on Saul. It's, it's, it's there. It happened. No, I, I just will say it, it did one thing is it introduced us a little bit to a time in the galaxy that you two know I'm very interested in. And that's the only thing I can say really positive about it is I want to know more about that time and I got something about it. Yeah, and the time Nick's referring to is that period between the end of the Clone Wars and the start of Episode 4. We get very little of it prior to Rebels. You're right. All right, let's go on to the next one on our list here. We are up to number six and seven. Oh, seven on the list. Would you like to take a guess what's coming up here? This is my guess. Nick's has got two fingers up for people listening I'm on the audience. I'm not going to guess because everyone's going to hate me for my number seven. So I'm not even going to say it. Well, it is not episode two, it's actually episode one. <sighs> the Phantom Menace 6.48, almost a full letter, like number ahead of 1.3 ahead of solo. So Phantom Menace, number seven. And I got to say, this one went up my list tank on the last time we talked. I had it at nine. It went up two whole spots on my list. I will agree. This one upon rewatch, I think, gets him undeserved hates. Though, is it a good necessarily movie? No. Is it very childish compared to, I think, what we were expecting? Yes. Um, but with that being said, I think the score in this movie is very good um, throughout the whole entire thing. There's no denying the Duel of Fates is an awesome sequence. Um, I was a fan of the pod racing scene when I was a kid. I used to reenact that all the time. So as, in terms of this being a great movie, no, in terms of it being a great kicking off point for the prequel trilogy, maybe not. But I had this personally at number nine for mine. I do not think it is the worst prequel movie. I'm sure we'll get to that in a bit. So that's my take. Yeah, I think so, too. I also point out you hit two of my pros. Duel of Face is fantastic. No one dispute that. Same with the pod race. is a lot of fun. And Pete, we got Liam Neeson in the movie. That was fun. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I'm with Stanko. I have episode one as number nine under Solo. Um, episode one to me was an introduction that was very flat. Um, I think the only person that really mattered after that movie was Anakin. Yes, Obi-Wan was there and he needs to train Anakin. However, I think Obi-Wan um, comes to his own in, in episode two more than he does one. I think the lightsaber battle, the pod race, those are the highlights. Um you know, again, to me, and this is not talking about acting or characters like Jar Jar Binks or anything like that. Um, episode one just kind of falls really, really flat for me as well. Yeah, I think, Nick, obviously, we know Jar Jar stinks. We know Kid Anakin's annoying at points. But for me, I think one thing that does not go unreported, this is a children's movie. And we base this on a trade dispute. That was the driving point of the plot. I think that's a little dense for the children. Yeah, but on the rewatch when you know what Palpatine is up to and you realize that Palpatine is Darth Sidious. Now forget the, forget the childish aspects of this, this movie, the story is flaw. It's, it's nearly flawless. Yeah. The entire prequel trilogy has so many problems with acting, 
writing, yes. dialogue, directing, all of it, all of it. But the story is phenomenal. And that's why I love Star Wars is the story. Yeah. And Stanko, since you brought the acting, you and I are sort of the movie snobs here. How bears the acting in this movie? Uh, I mean, the acting's definitely not great. I think the script is part of the reason to do with it. Um, I, I I think the script gets worse in a different prequel movie that makes it even worse. So the acting's not very good. But the thing is, how often are you going to a Star Wars movie for great acting? It's always an extra perk when the acting's really good and you notice it being really good. So I, I don't think anyone went to this movie. I think the hype for it was built up so much after two decades of waiting and waiting and waiting for a new movie. This is going to kick off literally a new millennium when this came out. And... It, it fell flat for people. So it, it's, I think it has gone up in the estimation of people in the years, in the years since, but it's still not, not a great movie overall. Yeah. P is, is it wrong for me to think that in a movie where we had uh, Liam Neeson, Mace Wynn, like uh, Samuel Jackson as, as some of our headlining actors here, that the kid, the actor was trying the hardest to Jake Lloyd. I feel like he was putting the most effort in of all the actors. You know, they say all-star teams don't work. So it's a possibility that, that, you know, just because I have all the star power doesn't mean that they're putting the most effort in. Um, I try to stay away from acting and special effects when it comes to ranking Star Wars movies. Because if I was going to do it based on special effects and rankings, the original trilogy would be my bottom three just from the special effects. So I try to stay away from that and try to do it by the story. Nick is right. A lot of story in this. However, I, I don't know why we need a whole movie to get all that story. I think there was a lot that could have been cut out, which wouldn't have made it a movie at that point. It could have been a couple episodes of the Clone Wars or something like that. But um, definitely going by the story here and not the acting. If I had to go by the acting, it would be much lower than uh, nine for me, episode one. All right. Let's get some audience feedback here. One person actually ranked uh, Fan Menace as their number one Star Wars movie of all time. And he uh, that was he, me. No, it wasn't me. Uh, <laughs> and he left feedback. His name is Paul, and Paul says, Phantom has as many unique, interesting locations and characters, a decent plot and solid acting, which we disagree with, but uh, so Paul Paul enjoyed it. The pod race is always fun to watch. It's my favorite lightsaber duel in the saga. So I think those are valid points. One thing yeah, that Paul's definitely right about is the, the world building. All the planets they introduced, they're spectacular. Yeah. Like yeah. Naboo. Naboo, Coruscant, you get a very deep look into. That's, I mean, you spend a lot of time on Tatooine. That's dis- yeah. disappointing, but I think right. the, one, the ones you do is like Naboo is stunning. Yeah, I mean, and Coruscant has become the focal point for every single kind of spinoff of Star Wars. Clone Wars has so much time on Coruscant as well. So yep. it's true, credit to building all that. Yeah. I think the biggest thing with Phantom Menace we can't overlook is the fact that midichlorians were brought into the universe. And a lot of people hated that when it happened. And I still don't love that, for sure. Taking away from the magic of Star Wars and putting it into science. Don't love that. Yeah, they did not need the Force explained to us through science. It could accept that it's a religious sort of thing. Yeah. All right. What else we got? We're gone now to halfway through the list. We are up to number six now. So I I think we know what's coming. And Nick is holding up two, two fingers. It is two fingers. It is Attack of the Clones at number six. 6.35, narrowly ahead of episode seven, episode one. So this, I will start out here. This is my, my worst movie. I had this at number 11 on the list. I could not, I had so much trouble getting through this movie on the rewatch. I mean, I have in my notes, I have pros and cons, and in all caps on the cons sections, I have written down, George Lucas cannot write love stories. So right. <laughs> it's the worst love story I've ever written. The dialogue is cringy. 
Hayden Christensen is like the worst part of that movie because he's a very whiny actor. I don't, I think part of his direction given to him was not great, but yep. there's, there are fun, there, there's some fun stuff in there, but this, the romantic stuff takes me out of it so much. It's done so poorly. I, I agree with that. I agree with everything you said. The, the romance and writing in this movie makes it worse. I did at number 10. The craziest thing is there. I mean, let's be real. We got to see Yoda fight. That was pretty sweet. Yoda versus Dooku. Not going to deny that got me amped up when I first saw it. But that's the only thing that is holding this film together. The rest of it is really atrocious. It is the worst prequel movie. Yeah, Pete, where'd you have uh, Attack of the Clones? So I had episode two at number six, where where it averaged. And, and let me explain why. I don't I don't want to speak on acting and writing because again, I don't rank it that way. But but we, we can't forget that Anakin's been training as a Jedi where they tell you not to be attached to people. So I can't imagine he can spit really good game to a girl. So like if you count, like it makes sense that he's awkward and saying like, you could be with me very forcefully, right? So that's, that's, that's number one. Number two, Attack of the Clones literally sets up the Empire. Literally sets up the Empire. I understand that episode one, you know who the Emperor is, you know he's Darth Sidious. Episode two, Obi-Wan Kenobi goes to Kamino and finds out that there is an order of all these clone troopers, right, that guess what? Turn into Imperial Troopers, right? You also get introduced to Jango Fett. Jango Fett starts this, well, Boba Fett in the original trilogies, but Jango Fett puts more story to a whole Mandalorian race. That becomes this huge thing. You know I've spoken about that before. Episode two might be the worst movie, technically speaking, but Star Wars storyline, a very strong movie. Very strong. You raise a good point about raising the Mandalorian more, uh, lore with Jango Fett and Boba Fett. I did not think of that. Valid point, Pete. Yeah, let me give you let me counter Pete some feedback here from the audience here. This is from Mike. He said here, tactical is most of the worst acting dialogue in the series. Can't even be laughed at for some of the dumb, something fun like Revenge of the Sith and Phantom Maze. It's outclassed its own story about the Clone Wars series, which to me, I think that's the biggest thing against it because the Clone Wars series tells the story much better than the actual Attack of the Clones movie. And I think that's a problem, in my opinion. 100%. Yeah, Mike, we spoke about that count, countless times on the um, Sky Guys season reviews, how I've always said they didn't do enough of this in the movies, but they did it here. And I'm completely with you. But that movie, Attack of the Clones, pretty boring throughout, but that ending was was pretty cool. It was pretty badass. Yeah, let me, this sort of ties one and two together a little bit. I want to throw this point out to the panel here. One of the things that they talk about in episode one is sort of like, oh, he's too old to be a trained Jedi. That's one of the big things we take with the Jedi Council, but Jake was nine in this movie. Like he doesn't look old. Like, and one of my big problems with the Anakin pattern romance is like the last time we, the first time we see it together, he's nine, she's like thirteen or something like that. Which fourteen, fourteen, and canon wise, Natalie Portman's obviously older than that, so it, like it cringe when you see it a second time. Like, do we fix our problems here if like he's a thirteen year old kid when we find him on Tatooine, and then like he's twenty three by the time we get to clone attack the clones? Is that any better? Yeah, I don't see why not either. Like. What's, what's the what's the harm in making him 13? Does it break any lore along the way? I don't think so. Why yeah. not? Yeah, P, I think if he's 13, I think it, the whole thing makes a little more sense. I, I mean, we're talking about guys that are using lightsabers. I I, I you know, I, I get what you're saying, but like the movie doesn't make sense to begin with. The whole the whole saga doesn't make sense. The, these guys are force wielding and, and ladies are force wielding Jedi or using light swords. That's true. 
to kill the darkness. I mean, the it, first planet we're introduced to has two suns. Right. So, I mean, <laughs> yes, agreed. If you want to go by by canon and say, let's, does this make sense? The age, a hundred percent. I get it. But like, if we're gonna start nitpicking that, I mean, we should start nitpicking how bad the puppet looked in in episode five and six for Yoda. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like. So yes, I agree with you, but I just I just don't think it, it really matters. I think the point is moot. Yeah, and Stanko, let me ask you this way then. Let's say we start with Attack of the Clones. We have a sec our, our second movie be like some of the best stuff from the Clone Wars series as a movie. Then we get the three. Do you think it works better that way? I mean, yeah. I mean, anything that would substitute this movie with Clone Wars would be phenomenal. And I I think even if you made Attack of the Clones first and you summarize the Clone Wars franchise, uh, movie, uh, TV show into a movie, it'd be very hard to do to get however many seasons into a two-and-a-half-hour story. I, yeah, I, think, I think it would be better, I, I, for sure. I mean, anything to get the Clone Wars TV show into more eyes, into, into more theaters, into more people's living rooms would be a good thing. Because, I mean, if you watch the last season of Clone Wars, it's basically just a six-episode or however long movie. That it, It's awesome. better. It's almost better than any other Star Wars movie. You could put it on this list. It would rank in the top half easily. Mike, I said this. Oh, sorry, sorry to cut you off. Mike, I have said this to you. I said this to you, Pete. I have not had the pleasure to say this to you yet, John. Why did it have to be a trilogy? Why did the sequel trilogy have to be a trilogy? Why couldn't it be four? Why couldn't this be four? Just because the first one was three. It could have been the whole, both of them, the sequel and prequel would be much better if they had another movie to explain things. The Clone Wars as an actual movie in live action, an, epi- an episode in between eight and nine. So we didn't have to rot the first half hour of nine, I think had 40 scenes in 30 minutes. Yeah. So you know, why, why not? I have an idea like they did with rogue one. Could they make a spinoff making a movie about the clone wars that happens in between two and three? They, they could. could. The problem with me, I've been saying this for years also is I don't think anyone's going to see it. We had a movie that featured Han Solo, maybe besides Luke and Vader, the most popular star Wars character there is, and no one saw it. They lost money on the movie. They did, but I also think that was all the bad PR around the movie because everyone knew the disaster there was making that movie. That's true. Disney did not do a good job shoving all that stuff underneath the rug. To point Pete's point, I think that's a good idea. But the issue I have is I don't think Disney's interested in making it because this is something where now they're back in because eight and nine bombs so bad in terms of the audience. They're going to go back to like, oh my God, we have to go back to what works, which is Original trilogy, that era, they're not instantly going backwards to the Clone War era. I don't necessarily agree. I think The Mandalorian has proved that people have an appetite for new Star Wars uh, if it's done well and if it's done right. So yeah. I don't completely agree with that. Again, look at the time frame, though, on that I one. Think, I think television can be in the time frame that we're discussing now, but yeah. movies, they're not going to go in that direction. Like uh, The Bad Batch, for example. They're not, they're not going backwards. They're going to go forwards. They're going to try and fill in errors that they as close to that original trilogy as they can. That's my sense of it anyway. All right. All right. Let's go to number five. And now we got pretty much the heavy hitters left here on the list. So what do you think is coming up next, Danko? I actually, I have Revenge of the Sith at number five. So that's what I would put here. Uh, Pete, what do you got next? Um, at number five, I have episode five, The Empire Strikes Back. All right. And Nick. I'm not giving three. I'm giving two threes that add up to six. I'm saying it's Return of the Jedi here. You are actually all wrong on this one. It is Rogue One is number five. Average of 5.08 from the audience. So almost dead on at five. And I think is for me, this is, point, this is my number two movie on the list. I love this one when it came out. I love them the rewatch. And I think the thing that I love about this movie is obviously 
it does everything a solo fails to do well, which is it ties in beautifully to four. Like it takes you right up to the minutes of it. It makes four make sense when Vader comes on the sh- on the ship and says, "I know you have the plans," because you he literally saw them fly away with the plans. He knows that, and I think the best Darth Vader moment of any of the four movies he's in, in ter- as Darth Vader, I think he's phenomenal there. I think that the bold choice to introduce all these characters and kill them all at the end of the movie, not give yourself any room for a spinoff or anything like that. They all die. I think that was a great choice, great storytelling, great casting. I think phenomenal all the way through. Uh, Pete, what do you think of Rogue One? Rogue One, I have at number two as well. I, I really appreciated seeing the backstory of who actually creates the technology that's killing all these people and killing all these planets, right? So I appreciated that angle. Um, and I appreciate the angle of the daughter of the creator trying to do the right thing. You know, the creator tried to do the right thing as well. He didn't want to go back and help the Empire. Um, but I, I think that it's a fantastic movie. It, it comes in at my number two. I loved every minute of it. There wasn't a part where I was bored. Um, and I didn't really find any like corny areas of it either. I mean, I could be wrong. I watched it, rewatched it a couple weeks ago. So my memory might be a little fuzzy on it, but I, I thought it was a phenomenal movie. And honestly, I would, I, we could call that, you know, episode four and then make episode five of New Hope, honestly. Yeah, uh, Stanko, thoughts on Rogue One? I had it at number three. I love this movie. Um, it's grown in my estimation all the times I've rewatched it. The battle on Scarif, not just as, not as just strictly a Star Wars. It's not just a great Star Wars battle. It's just a great battle sequence at all uh, in every aspect. You have the different levels you have on the ground. You have in the air with the, with the ships as well ties everything in well you mentioned the the Darth Vader thing that's probably the biggest pop I've ever had in a movie theater it honestly is probably one two or three um went absolutely nuts agree with you probably you you actually got to see Darth Vader be a badass and it was incredible to see in theaters the fact that was a late edition they filmed that late in the sequence and we're like we need to add this in for an extra kick and man oh man did they do so so I think we're all in agreement here we haven't heard from Nick yet but I have Rogue One at number three no qualms with you guys pointing it at number two um, I'm going to get to my qualm with uh, Pete putting Empire Strikes Back at number five, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> All right. I do not agree with putting this movie at number three because I have it at number two. This is right. one of my favorite Star Wars movies ever. I love this movie. I think I saw it six or seven times in theaters. I am absolutely obsessed with every aspect of this movie. The, there is only one negative in my mind that I know Mike knows what it is. If he talks about it off the air, we'll get to it in one minute, but this movie makes you care about characters that you only know for two hours. And when they die, you're actually sad. Mm-hmm. You're actually like, Oh my God, that's, and even the bad guy, um, Krennic. Okay. Krennic. Yeah. I actually felt for him a little bit because of how Tarkin just took advantage of him. Like they just made me care about people that I should have no business caring about everything in that movie. I think was perfectly done. I love that movie. Love what it did. But the problem that me and Mike had more so Mike than me, is the CGI on those faces for me, just Leia for Mike, both Leia and Tarkin was a little weird to look at. It was real weird to look at. I mean, going back in here, I'm like, I mean, we had a different actor for Peter Cushing in episode three. Like we had a younger Tarkin there. We couldn't have just like cast a different actor and said he's Tarkin. I know he's been dead for like 25 years, 20 years. The point this movie is coming out. I get that they went to the state and said, okay, you can use his image, but I think it would have been more effective just to like have an actual actor there said that creepy looking deep fake face for Tarkin. I didn't mind Tarkin. I just mentioned, but for me, I said this to you off the air, Mike, 
I think it would have been enough to just show the back of Leia. We all know what she wears, whatever it Thank is. You. Uh, yeah. Thank what is, you. What, is, what do you call point. it? A dress? What, what is it? What she wear? I have no, no idea. It's, it's a robes. Yeah, well, just show the back, and we all would have known. That's enough. I agree. I agree. And you can even just say show. you can even have her voice too. Just show it from the back. Yep. Just have R two or some or some droid, or, and just have a door, and then have it literally closed, and you see the back of Leia, and that's the last thing you see. I agree with you, hundred percent. Yeah, that was you my. Can e- you can even hear her say "hope." You just don't need to see her face. Yeah, that was my only qualm with the movie. Because otherwise, I mean, you got fantastic characters. I mean, Saul Guerrero makes the leap into the big into the live action. I know he's the it character for like then. They put him in everything now because he started in Clone Wars. He's in Rebels. I know he's going to be there. He's in this. In Fallen Order too. In Fallen Order, I play. I'm still playing that game. He's supposedly he might be in the Andor series. That would be fun to see. So I think there's stuff popping up here with him showing up. It'll be interesting to see him. Yeah, yeah. And how can I disagree? I think that I think the what's great about this movie too is it literally got better as it went on. I think it did maybe in the first half hour or so struggling to find his feet a little bit, but it got better as it went on, which is hard to do in a movie and to keep that momentum carrying the entire way through. Yeah, my favorite character in that of, of the of the group that started to come together here. I love the the blind guy. I forget his name, but he was the one who like believes in the force and was sort of the, the Jedi substitute character for the movie where he's trying he basically implies he's using the force without actually knowing how to use it. And like, I, and you know, I feel like a lot of the movies going, I'm one with the force the force with me. Just going on, repeating that over and over again. It was a fun, like sort of like. Yeah. His and name is either Churin or Curran, something like that. Very, okay. Yeah. And if you remember, Ahsoka did that same line in yeah. the last episode or, of, or last couple episodes, last arc of Clone Wars, that whole movie though, Mike, I've mentioned this before on this podcast too. We get to see the other side of the rebels in this. The Saul Guerrero rebels, the middle of the streets, acting like terrorists, you know, anything to take down the empire. Yeah, That's the stuff that we, yeah. Cassie and shooting the guy in the alleyway. You see the other side of them. We're not just, it's not just good guy versus bad guy. There's, there's a lot a more to area. it. Yeah, yeah, there's a gray area. Yeah, it was nice to fill that air, fill that niche in. I think that was a cool way to, that movie attacked this and it was a, raging success i'm surprised like i'm glad i'm glad they're trying to go in that direction with broke squadron hopefully it pays homage to that a little bit i know it's hard because all the characters are dead but maybe you can find a nice little tribute in there somewhere i think i'm sure they'll find a tribute in it some way and also i gotta say rogue one also had its production problems in terms of switching directors and, and screenwriters for certain parts of the movie it still managed to come out as a great star wars movie which is a major detriment to solo which had the same problems and really took a spill all right Next up on the list here, we're going to number four. We are going into the original trilogy the first time. We are going to episode six, Return of the Jedi. It is number four from the audience, a 3.53. And it is a very tight finish here for the next three movies. This movie, I mean, I watched it again. I think for me, the biggest drawback I have against it is, is still the Ewoks. To this day, I still have issues with them like sort of being the ones taking down the Empire. I still think it looks incredibly dumb. And I think for me, I know in production, they originally were going to have this be on Kashyyyk and have the Wookiees be the ones fighting back. I think it's 50 times better if it's there with Wookiees as opposed to... Why, like, why was it not? Money. It was, you, for, they could sell Ewoks. They could sell cute bears. They could sell little teddy bears. You could sell a Chewbacca teddy bear. What if they had like little kid Ewok or kid Wookiees? I'm assuming it's production. Well, I, I'm assuming they didn't want child soldiers also. You, I'm assuming it's production. That's probably not a great idea. idea. I was always trying to make Chewbacca's character unique that he was the only Wookiee around at the time, right? Right. Yeah. I, yeah. I think in terms of that, it also might have been muddy, my issues as well, because you know, it's much, I'm sure it's much cheaper to like make the costumes for like Ewoks than it is to make giant Wookiee costumes and find a bunch of tall people to play Wookiees. Yeah. 
I didn't mention this back an hour ago when we were talking about episode eight. The Porgs are really cool. Yeah. Uh, you said Ewoks remind me of the Porgs. That's one point plus for episode eight. The Porgs are cool. Porgs are better than the Ewoks. They're pretty funny. Yeah. I do love the one that's wailing on the Millennium Falcon with Chewbacca when he's flying along. Yes. Yes. It's, growing up, six was my favorite movie. Yeah. I, I, I love six. I love yeah. six. And I don't have any problem with it. We're at the point now where any movie up here, I haven't really had many problems with whatsoever. Maybe like a handful at most, but this is a great movie. I love it. It's just not as strong as the others. Yeah. I had same reason. I had it number six on my list. I mean, I've seen, I think it's good. I was, I had better. I just, for me, I think there's good stuff here. I mean, I think, I don't know if you guys agree, but I think this is Mark Hamill's best stuff in the whole trilogy. Oh yeah. Cause I yeah. think he's, he's much better here than he is in four or five. I disagree. I think five is the best Mark Hamill. Okay, well, we, so why do you think that? Uh, I mean, well, I, just sticking with Return of the Jedi, I had it at number four right where it is, and I agree with Nick. It was the it was my favorite movie as a kid. You saw good triumph people. The green lightsaber was dope. It was my favorite lightsaber growing up, no doubt about that. Lightning bolts out of the hand, freaking cool. Pretended to do that to my sisters all the time. I just pretend to zap them. Like, this movie <laughs> definitely had its cool things, and, and as a kid, it was good triumphing over evil. You finally saw the good guy win, so... Um, but again, as time goes on, I think the story arc gets a little bit too childish near the end. I don't like, again, the Ewoks now was a little bit ridiculous, if you will. Um, but again, if we're, are we really going to have qualms over one of our favorite movies of all time? Like it's at number four of the Star Wars movies here. It's a great movie. Fun to rewatch. Oh yeah. Yeah. Pete, you want to weigh in? Yeah, so I have it at number four as well. I actually don't mind the Ewoks because they don't single-handedly take down the Empire. They 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 help. True, you know, true. You know, there is also, you know, Han. Like, there's also a bunch of other people that we've been watching for the past three movies, If you're two movies, if you're watching it from episode um, four. So that wasn't my biggest issue. Um, you know, it just, like Nick was saying, it's, it's a great film, but I think the films over it are just better Star Wars films, in my opinion. But I have no problems with Return of the Jedi. Yeah, let me bring up one other point here. I think it's interesting here. It's like, obviously, this is the original intended end before Lucas sells it off here. And we get, this is basically the Anakin Skywalker story run through six. So I think this is also does a satisfying job ending Anakin's story very well, where we see in three, he falls to the dark side because he's worried about losing his wife and child. And the end, he comes back to light to save his son. I think that's a fitting end to his story, Nick. Well, in my opinion, he never turned good because the emperor had a fleet and he didn't tell Luke. So he died a bad guy. <laughs> His, his entire arc was just was destroyed by that movie. Yeah. So, but pretending, you know, just forget that whole thing. It was a great fitting, you know, great ending. And I'm in the minority. I want to hear. I think you know, I have to hear what you guys say first. I like the Force Ghosts of Hayden Christensen more. Am I in the ne- Am I in the minority there or not? I agree with that. To tire, I, I prefer the older Skywalker. So I'm. In, I disagree with Nick and Pete. I, I why do, do you prefer Hayden? Yeah, that's why I want to. In my opinion, that's when Anakin Skywalker died. Yeah. I mean, technically, he was back for a little bit, but you're not going to show a guy all burnt right. up. That's a good argument. Yeah. From my opinion, though, it's like, for me, it's like Luke never saw the Hayden Christian version. So why is he seeing him now as a Force Ghost? That's my question. Well, that's fair. That's fair. I'll, I have to say, though, the continuity is a little bit off, though. If they were willing to go in and, I mean, granted what Nick said, you know, that's when Anakin died. So that's when you see. Anakin, if they were willing to go in and show a younger version of Anakin, why didn't they go in and show a younger version of Obi-Wan? That's the thing that doesn't make fly for me because that, that continuity piece just kind of messes me up a little bit. But hearing Nick say what he said, it kind of makes sense why they go with the younger Anakin there. Maybe to also tie it into the older movies saying like, hey, 
you know, we do have a character that we can, that you haven't seen really till the very, very end. So we'll put that in. Um, but that continuity makes me a little irked. So you're going to put the old, the, the young um, Anakin Skywalker, but you're not going to put the young Obi-Wan. Maybe that's the problem is that he's he knew old Obi Wan. He did not know young Anakin. He saw right. old man Anakin in the, in the uh, dark. You're not, you can't put that guy in. He was all burnt up. He had scars in his head. Like it would be terrifying for children. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, <laughs> like, he was not burnt up when they did that. They just showed the old guy wearing Jedi robes. Yeah, I think it didn't really make it. Well, I will say this: my whole childhood, like being like seven, eight years old or whatever, when the prequels came out, my whole thought was. He was going to be a lot older. Wasn't he a little young? Like, yeah. Didn't you think he was going to be like 20, maybe 15 years older than he was in episode? He was 22 in episode three. I thought he was going to be like 35, almost 40 when that yeah. all happened. And he was like, I thought he was like 70 at the end there. Maybe I'm a little off there, but I was very surprised by how young so they went with the, the actor. He looked 70. Yeah, well, in the 80s, everyone looked that old, right? Yeah. I also want to... <laughs> I also want to point out here, one thing I want to mention before we move on here, like episode six, obviously, you know that the whole attack story, Harrison Ford, you have the two movie contract. He gets frozen in cars. They don't know what they're going to do with him. They bring him back for six. I feel like the whole time he did not want to be there. Am I wrong, Stanko? Uh, I mean, I think it's definitely the least amount of effort that he put into a movie in terms of acting wise. Though with that being said, he wasn't asked to do much. He was asked to kind of be a... He was much more comedic in Return of the Jedi than in the previous two movies. You had yep. the whole him running to distract the stormtroopers. You had him with the, the crazy face when Leia says that Luke is his uh, her brother. And you see his little smirk, which is now a gif everywhere used on the internet. This was a much more happy-go-lucky Han Solo rather than a dark smuggler Han Solo. So I don't know if that was something Harrison Ford wanted or if that was just the direction of the movie. But in terms of like an intriguing Han Solo as a character itself, this is the least intriguing Han Solo of the three original movies. Yeah, I would agree with that. Anything else you well, want to add? We move on. So, so um, you had mentioned. I, I should. Just remember, I forgot if it was you, Mike, or Pete, or um, or John, right now, who just mentioned when he taps the stormtrooper on the shoulder when he runs away and he leads them to the rebels. One of those soldiers we know very well, Mike. I don't know if you know who it is, Pete. Anyone? Uh, I've heard this. It is. It is not confirmed. Captain Rex. But yes, Commander Rex. They, yep. Yeah. Yeah, allegedly, yeah, they they that's been flowing around in Canon for a few years. Whether or not that that old guy with the beard is, is supposed to be Captain Rex, as I believe, I know the story. Supposedly, Rex says in Rebels that he ends up fighting in Endor at the Battle of Endor. So I, I mean, think, obviously, in 1983, it wasn't him, but it's all a wreck kind of character into him. Yeah, but I mean, hey, I I like to believe it is. It makes it more fun for me. Yeah, I think they said it officially it's not because they don't feel, they feel bad, sort of like papering over that old actor, like what his job was, but. And replacing with a character that's like this creative like 35 years probably after he died but at the same time like it would be cool if it was actually him they sort of retcon that in it'd be a lot of fun all right let's go on to number three here we have left on the board here we have episode three four and five nick has three fingers up anybody else disagree with that stanko has a three on the video version pete's i i had i had seven at rank three so yeah, I had seven in rank three as well, but it is episode three, Revenge of the Sith, the last prequel off the board coming in here at number three. I will start off with this one. This is one that has gotten better in the rewatch, and Nick has pointed out to me, I agree with him, that I think it is aged significantly if you watch the Clone Wars show yes. and then watch three. It gets so much better. 
the lightsaber fights throughout are fantastic. They gave you four, four or five of them because that's the last you can see them for a while. Palpatine, Ian McDermott does a great job as him. And underrated, it is so funny compared to the other two prequels because you have a lot of great lines in there. You have Obi-Wan dropping in on Grievous going, hello there, like he does in episode four, like giving the challenge of the Alec in his line. Stuff like that is just so funny. And I think it's gotten a lot better with age. I, yes, I, I completely agree with you. By far the best of the prequels. Uh, the Battle on Mustafar, it, people always say when you're making an action movie or a movie that has violence or action in it, is you need to not just have action for action's sake, but have action tell a story. And that is what the final Battle of Mustafar does between Anakin and Obi-Wan. You see that unfold in the style of the fighting and the way it transpires. And then the final ending of that where Anakin thinking that he can take that leap to be something that nobody has been before and to get the high ground, literally, and both on like uh, in terms of ruling the galaxy and he just couldn't get there. So I love a good final battle that t- not only is a culmination of an entire story, but also tells a story within itself. And I thought Revenge of the Sith did that wonderfully. I had it originally at number five on my list, but I have no problem with it here. Again, aged very, very well. Yeah, on my personal list, I had it at number, actually I had it right there with you, I had number five. So we, we're some patio on that one. And Pete, Nick, which one of you guys wants to go first here on Revenge of the Sith? Go ahead. Yeah, so I have Revenge of the Sith at one. My favorite Star Wars all-time film. Um, strong Star Wars film. Strong Star Wars film. We see a lot of um, character development. And that's been something that's been a big theme for me throughout the Clone Wars show, as you guys know. But but this, this movie, take away acting aside, even special effects, this movie shows how political how corrupt and how much development that anakin skywalker goes to to become this evil darth sith lord this dark sith lord right it this is the reason episodes four five and six are so popular because of darth vader and what goes on in those episodes because of him you don't really even get mentions of the emperor until um or even like a, a big uh Presence. Uh, presence of the emperor until uh episode six this is the reason star wars is popular is because of darth vader we see how darth vader is created not just because of the suit but because of the mental turmoil that this character goes through and how corrupt the senate is to become this empire top star wars film in my opinion nick your thoughts love this movie i Anything I have above this is just based on personal preference for me. I don't think it has anything to do with it wasn't good enough in this fashion or anything like that. But episode three is awesome. It, the lightsaber battles are amazing. For the time, at least, it's 2005. The special effects were incredible at the time, that is. Now, the, the downfall that everyone has on this movie, and it's, as I mentioned before, the prequels as a whole, is the acting. Mostly dialogue, acting, whatever you, you know, all of that stuff combined. And I've said it before on this podcast. I know Pete has agreed with me before when I said this. It kind of like opened his eyes to this. I think the way Hayden Christensen acts in this movie is completely on purpose and it fits the character of Darth Vader. I think if you dub his voice with Darth Vader instead of Hayden, it's like, wow, that actually sounds exactly like what Vader would say. Like you're either with me or you're my enemy. Like it sounds awful as a real person saying that. But Darth Vader saying that in James Earl Jones's voice, that sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Sanko, about that? I, I agree with it completely. By far, Christian's best performance. I think of the prequel movies, the reason this one's the best is because it has the best script. And that goes to what Pete was saying about the development of the characters 
and building up Anakin Skywalker in that transition into Dark Vader. I don't know what happened in the writing room between Attack of the Clones or Revenge of the Sith. I don't know if George Lucas just cleaned house of freaking everybody involved with giving ideas. This is by far the best script, and Hayden Christensen uh, benefits the most. So with that being said, Ewan McGregor in this movie is charismatic as all hell. He's yeah. just swallowing up the screen whenever he's on there, too. So um, this is this movie here is the reason that there's going to be an Obi-Wan show. Oh, yeah. That's it. Yeah, I will throw a piece of feedback from Jamie here. He says, contains, in my opinion, the sheer semiotic riches of the prequels, as well as a tightness of execution of the originals, a fitting end to Lucas Star Wars. And this was the last Lucas Star Wars film. So I think he did break out all the stops here. I mean, you got fantastic lightsaber fights. The action is probably, I think, the best action of, like, any of the move, any of the prequels by far, and arguably the best of the whole series. Because you get so much of it packed in between the Clone Wars battles, all the lightsaber fights, the space fights. There's just so much going on. So, Mike, after watching the Clone Wars, I know you might not want to admit this on the air, but after watching the Clone Wars, did you a little bit of a tear, Order 66? A little bit. Were you a little upset? Yeah, because now, like, watching Clone Wars, you you see some of those characters, and you see what they've been through, and then you yeah. see, like, oh, Plo Koon died. Now I feel bad about that. As far as far as, like, oh, who's that? Exactly. Yeah. I also want to throw one thing in before we move on here. I, my biggest problem with Episode 3 is – they completely assassinate the character of Padme Amidala in this movie because the first two movies, she's a go-getter. She's doing things on her own. She's saying, Hey, like follow my lead. We can make the, the galaxy what we want it to be. And this is what she's singing home and crying. And it can turning dark. Like I completely think it's a, they completely just gross, just abuse of her character. Stanko, your thoughts. That's a fair point. I think, um, I, I, I think you're, I think you're fair that her character kind of takes a dip, but I was never a fan of the Padme character to begin with. So I don't have the emotional attachment where it is a true negative uh, on the movie for me. I thought she was kind of a weak character throughout. Um, So I never thought she was written particularly well. So this plummet in her character development didn't affect me too much. I think it depends how much you like her as an actress and the character as a whole. So that that's kind of my vibe with that. Hot take. In this movie, not in general, I think Natalie Portman's terrible. Terrible. Yeah, I think it's more of a direction than anything. It could be. I'm not. I would not. I'm not going to rule that out. But I like when she's like, "How could you even say that?" I'm like, "Oh my god!" Like this is eighth grade play. Yeah, I have. I have not to the say, younglings. Yeah, I have to. I have to say though, remember how we used to make fun of how many times Padme got captured because she's just so naive to things going on. Yes. This is a perfect yeah. segue. She's just so naive. Like yeah. Anakin goes there's like, oh, we're, we're with the emperor. Like everything's going to be great. She's like, okay, be safe. Come back, get the groceries. Like she's, the, she's like, oh yeah, all right. I'll just be here worrying with carrying our twins, even though I think it's just one baby. And, and she dies of like a broken heart because she doesn't have the will to live. It, it just, it, it just seems like she just walks into it. Just like she walked into every single other trap from the Clone Wars. No, I have I have a theory on her death. I don't know if this is canonically true or not. In my mind, it is. But then again, I don't write for for Lucasfilm. Padme, excuse me, the Emperor never lied to Anakin. He did have the ability to create life and bring people back. He took the life from her and gave it to him. That would be so much more. It's not proven anywhere. It's just my theory, I guess. But I've seen it out there sometimes. That's what I believe. And she didn't die from sadness. He sucked the life from her and gave it to him. Because it's I, the, the shot is going side by side with her dying and him coming, getting the suit, yeah. the costume, whatever you want to call it. I agree with you, Nick. That would be so much more satisfying than what we were given. Yeah, we don't know if it's true. It's probably not, but that's that's how I like to think of it. All right. 
And to reset here, the audience had a 3.41 average for episode three. Only left now are four and five, the first two movies. So you want to take a guess which one came in second? Four. Thank it with the four fingers. Pete, you uh, agree? I would, I would, my, I, my guess would be four. Yeah, it was four. Very narrowly, 3.40, a point oh one seven oh, wow. in the audience wow. between four and three. I feel like there was a huge, it was a huge outpouring of support for three. I was not expecting it to the poll. Okay. That's, that's surprising. I, I thought four was going to rival five for the top, not necessarily rival three for number three. No, it's it's up there. It's 3.40, 3.41 episode three, and then 3.53 episode six. That little cluster there, like very yeah, tight. Cl- yeah, wow. All right, let's get to episode four here. It was my personal number four on the list of a four at four. Obviously, not much you can say. A lot of fun. Sets you up very well. Gets you into the sphere of the universe. Are there hokey things you can miss? Sure. There are stormtroopers ranging at the doors and the helmets banging at the top doors. Sure. Han shot first. We cannot forget that. But still, so we got that, we are all here because of this movie. That's as simple as it is. Yeah, there's not really much to say about this movie. It's great. Everyone loves it. No one. If you don't like this movie, you don't like Star Wars. I mean, simple as that. I don't know anyone who says, I like all the Star Wars, but I hate number four. I, like That doesn't make it. Like, I don't know. I've never heard that. It doesn't make any sense. This movie has no issues with it at all, except... Maybe some whiny dialogue, but I don't care. I'm not going to see a Star Wars movie for the dialogue. It's not like an intriguing film that's going to win. It's going to win Academy Awards based on the direction. So I don't really mind. Yeah. Anybody, Pete, you have anything you want to add before I give in some specific plot points I want to bring up that I thought were interesting on the rewatch? Yeah. So, I mean, during the rewatch, I've always held four to a high regard, but during the rewatch and watching all the movies together, I think that's what gave my rankings the position that they're in. And I still stick by them. I have episode four ranked seventh. And the reason why I have it ranked seventh is because as a Star Wars movie and its importance of the story, I don't think it's that strong. Granted, if you watch these movies when they first came out in the 70s or this is the first movie you watch, hell of a Star Wars movie. However, if you're going by all of the Star Wars movie, I just I just don't see it as a strong Star Wars movie for this fact and this fact alone. Everything's so nonchalant. There's an evil guy called Darth Vader. He used to be my apprentice. Oh, all right. Like it just, everything's just like status quo in this movie. Like, yeah, no problem. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah, no problem. Oh, you know, oh, Ben's a Jedi. Okay. I didn't believe that. And oh, let's go save the princess. And all these clone troopers are terrible, terrible, excuse me, uh, stormtroopers are terrible fighters, horrible, except for blowing up the Death Star. I, I, I don't, yes, we got introduced characters, but I just, not much character development other than, you know, Luke decides not decides. Luke is going to start being trained to be a, uh, a Jedi. To me, to me, it just doesn't. It's not as strong as the other ones I have above it. Don't forget the uh, development of Han. Yeah, oh, I said, don't forget the development of Han. Well, development uh, of Han, but like compared to the other movies, I just don't find them stronger than the other movies when it comes to a Star Wars movie. It's a fantastic movie. Just don't think they're stronger than the ones I have above them. No, Han comes fully formed. I do like Han in this movie the most. I think like he comes in. He comes in. He's obviously you know. All out for me. I mean, for the money. Then the end. He shows back up to save Luke's skin. A lot of fun. Stanko, your thoughts on episode four? I mean, episode four. It's it's the reason we're all here. Like we said, it's a giant soap opera. It's campy. It's. I mean, I love it. It's. It was the first movie that I fell in love with. It's part of the reason I love movies now. So, I, there's nothing really bad to say about it. Um, I I vehemently disagree with what Pete said about it. Just kind of like being nonchalant. I think if it 
if it if you tried to give it all this backstory in the first movie that started the whole franchise, you're gonna be bogged down and bored. I love a movie that throws you into the world and says, "Hey, sink or swim. These are some stuff that's happening. We might let you know more about it later, but if not, you're gonna enjoy it for what it is now." Like a recent example, of this is John Wick, the first movie. You don't know what the hell is going on in this assassin society, but they just throw you into it. So Star Wars did that. It literally changed the entire world. I think in ranking this movie, you have to put into fact its cultural impact. It is, it is arguably the greatest cultural impact movie of all time. If not, it's in the top three. Easy. It's on the Mount Rushmore. Um, but again, movies are subjective. So it, it, for me, this is the reason I fell in love with movies. It's at my number two. Uh, really nothing to say about it. I reenacted every scene from this movie as a kid. It's, it's an all-time classic. What else to be John Stank? So is John Stank going to bring up John Wick in a movie podcast. I love John Wick, man. I, I just, I freaking love John Wick. Oh, he's great. All right. Two things I want to point out here is number one, I think Alec Guinness is Obi-Wan is so underrated performance here because when he shows up, I mean, he's a big time actor at the time. I think he had to be convinced very hard to do this movie at that point because he's like sitting there like, oh, it's a movie about a space wizard. I'm like, I'm not interested. <laughs> He comes in and he brings that charm. He's so fun to watch. And I think one thing that's interesting with him and something that kind of mirrored in episode eight is when he fights Vader on the Death Star, he is sacrificed himself so that the, that the, that the Luke and crew can get away. It's kind of similar to what happens in episode eight where Luke force projects himself to hold off, the, hold off the First Order so all the Resistance can get away. So I think it's an interesting parallel that you don't realize the first time you go through the episode eight. It is, it is a nice parallel. And, and with Alec Guinness, I believe he didn't want to do this movie and part of his payment was going to be commissioned for the movie. He got a certain percentage of the profits. So that worked out very, very well for him. Um, and it paid dividends for him in the remainder of his life until he passed away. Yeah, absolutely. I, Pete, any thoughts on Alligator Zobi one? No, I, I look, I have no problems with the acting. I have no problems with the movie. I, I just think it's important to me when I look at these movies to acknowledge that other star Wars movies exist in this universe. Again, if I was watching this as a movie in the 70s where this is the first movie, like John said, this is a huge movement in movies. This is huge. It's huge. Sociologically, everything, it's huge. However, we cannot stray from the fact that we know Obi-Wan is a Jedi. We cannot stray from the fact that we know that Luke is Darth Vader's son. I, I just... I agree with everything that everyone's saying, and I'm not saying that their rankings are wrong, but when I looked at this movie rankings as a Star Wars movie, you have to consider the other Star Wars plots too. That's just, that's how I'm going about it. All right. Here's the other thing I think is interesting on the rewatch. This is more of a canon sort of thing. Watching R2-D2 work in that movie, when you realize he has his memory still, and you see the beginning where C3 is like, oh, you're going the wrong way. Like R2 knows exactly where the hell he's going the whole movie. I think it's so fun watching that, knowing that he has exactly, exactly where to go. He's heading the right direction. He, he knows, look for Obi-Wan. He remembers who Obi-Wan is. I think it's fun having that little bit of knowledge back here when you watch four again. Definitely is. Definitely. You go back. Four is a great movie. Obviously, like, you know, we've talked about it. We said it a hundred times already. That's why we're here. But watching three and then watching it or watching Rogue One and then watching it only adds to it. It makes it fantastic. And I got to say this, too. If you want a good laugh, pay attention to this guy. 3PO is hysterical. He's the, he's the funniest he, part he of is, this movie. He is fantastic. Absolutely. He is so funny in that movie. Yeah, he is. He's great. I love. I love this the whole thing. I can. I, I love. My favorite part is R two is runs away and he goes. That George is gonna get me in a lot of trouble. And he goes. Oh, he excels at that, sir. Like all the little banter with him and R two is just. It's so good. 
Yeah, it's fantastic. And let's get to Empire right now. Number one movie on the board. I mean, we know this stuff here. The all-time great movie twist. The good guy's not winning is the ultimate shocker at the time. And Vader kill. I think one of the things that's funny, I want to point this out here is a running gag, is every time some, a Vader has an Empire, a Admiral fail, and he kills them, and somebody else gets promoted throughout the movie. Yeah. I think it's so funny he's watching. He's killed like, he kills like five Admirals throughout the movie. And Mike, what was the ranking on this movie average? 2.08 run away number one yeah i mean in my opinion you watch episode four and everyone loved it everyone had a good time in the theater and what's the main thing that everyone took away from that they won well yeah but a character wise that darth vader guy was awesome yeah so what do they do they make a movie that he's the main character yes and that's what five was oh yeah it was phenomenal. I do think that it's great. And Stanko, your thoughts on five, aside from the obvious. I love when the bad guys win. So this movie, it wasn't, it was my least favorite growing up as a kid, but now growing older, this movie freaking rocks. Yep. I love how it twists the audience and what they expect. It really, it was the, in my it was first time ever. And I think it set the trend of the, of in a trilogy, the middle movie being the one where the bad guy, where the bad guys get the upper hand, where the good guys have to, overcome something for the finale this movie set that tone um everything about it is great it's dark tone usually a training montage can be boring but dagobah was awesome um i mean all the credit has to go to Irvin kershner and to lawrence craston uh for generating a much darker script than george lucas wanted and lucas kind of trusting them with and letting them have it the the hoth battle sequence like we went from the hot planet of tatooine to start off a uh, new hope now we're going to go to snow and we're all going to deal with that. It shows the scope of the galaxy and the different type of planets. It's 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 it's, it's a top ten movie for me all time in my life. This movie just it kicks ass. Yeah, Pete. One thing I want to touch on Empire too, and give your thoughts on this as well is like I think the introduction of Yoda here is so much fun because especially when you see it the first time and you see the puppet show up, and you're like, oh, like who's this annoying little guy? And like, wait, you get to see Yoda, and you found out, oh, he's the actual the badass Jedi master supposed to teach Luke. That's pretty. That's pretty fun to see that reveal. Yeah. No, I. I... Enjoyed the movie thoroughly. I mean, everything that John says is correct. It's, it's, it's a badass movie. I think it's great. Um, Going to get a lot of haters for this. I have Empire ranked at five. All right. Now, the reason why I have it ranked at five, I have episode six, seven, Rogue One, episode three above that, which I've made the cases are just stronger Star Wars movies. Again, not stronger movies, stronger Star Wars movies, in my opinion. Um, taking back and circling back to what I said for four, I, I had to take, in my opinion, I had to take the Star Wars story from what I know. So the twist was not a shock to me. It was like, okay, Luke knows now for sure. Um, do, I do like the character development of Luke um, because I saw how awesome Yoda was in one, two, and three. I was kind of like, why is Yoda some crazy puppet now? Like, it doesn't make sense that way. They should have made him like maybe a little bit more. Um, grounded maybe if they wanted to do episode one two or three where he was this all-knowing person or or one of the best jedis you know before anakin let's just say um i i don't know like i said i don't know if it's because i took that storyline into consideration while ranking these just don't think it's a strong star wars film i don't think i learned anything new that i didn't already know um so and alone standalone i'm sorry i'll let you go but standalone fantastic film and it's a great star wars film in the sense of you're watching a star wars film but like story-wise I, I don't know what i gained from that that i didn't already know 
thing is, I think, I think, uh, Sank, I'll let you go to me. I think the thing here you're not taking account of you here is I think you start watching from present day perspective, where it's like, yeah, yeah it's like, I, I, oh, I, I know he's a bad guy. It's like, I, I think, agree. I agree a thousand percent. However, if you're going to go and watch movies and rank them by Star Wars, not by how good the movie was and how you felt by it, you, you have to consider the whole story, right? Just like we considered the Clone Wars. Even though we watched it after episode three, we consider the Clone Wars while we were ranking episode three, probably, right? So why shouldn't we consider the first three episodes while we're ranking four, five, and six? And that's also why I didn't use acting or technical aspects too, because then four, five, and six would be on the low end because they were shit compared to all the other stuff. Excuse my language, but technical aspects when it comes to the the the, the graphics and the special effects were horrible compared to the other six, seven, eight movies we talked about. So that's not fair to bring it down either. So, so that's the angle I'm, I'm going at. It's not because it's a bad movie. I'm not saying that the Empire Strikes Back should not be on everyone's top list. If I'm going to consider other things outside of this 11 movie bank and it'll be accepted, right? So like me saying Mr. Maul gave me, you know, really good vibes about Solo and watching the Clone Wars gave me a better understanding about three. I think we should be able to take episode one, two, and three while ranking four, five, and six as well. That's all I'm saying. Again, great movie. Everything everyone's saying is per, is, is 100% correct. Knowing what the deal is in the Star Wars story before watching those movies bogged it down when it came to ranking them as Star Wars movies. All right, Stanka, you were about to Larry. I mean, I just... We're just going about this differently. I took into account when the movies were made, the cultural impact, and like, I, we just we just went about it differently. That's fine. Star Wars means different things to different people. So I mean, it's we'll we'll see how it pans out when you post the list of what everyone thinks. But it's we just went about it differently, which is fine. Everyone takes in Star Wars differently, and it affect, it affected everyone differently. So nothing against people. We just looked at it differently. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I had it one. I'm assuming you had it one. Nick, you had it one too. Did I? I, I, I like Pete's point though. I still have it one, but we have to. So when, when I'm criticizing episode seven and eight and nine and solo and anything else Disney's ever touched except Rogue One, um, I'm looking, yeah, and the, and the TV shows, of course, too. But like when I'm looking at that, I'm taking into account the other movies. Like part of the reason I don't like seven personally, I know you guys had it ranked higher than me because I think it ruins what came before it. So when, to Pete's point, we have to look at five and consider what came before it as well. And I, I, I still don't change my stance at having it number one, but I completely see that argument. Absolutely. I think it's a good point here. And I do think it was a fun list. So to reset the order here, number 11, episode nine, number 10, episode eight, number nine, episode seven, number eight, solo, number seven, episode one, number six, episode two, five, row one, Four, episode six, three, episode three, two, episode four, and number one, episode five, The Empire Strikes Back. That is our list from the audience. And I think it's a pretty solid list. Prequels, I think, got way a little more than I thought they would, but I can understand how the logic of the audience here. I, I was pretty close on that list. I, I was really close to my personal rankings. I had Rogue One a little bit higher, and I had one and two flipped. I had two as worse than one, but in the same spots. So my list was nearly identical to the final list. Yeah, I think it was pretty solid here. And let's do some fun superlatives here. I think I also had some fun. I went through this year. I ranked all the lightsaber fights in the se- in the series here. So you guys give me your favorite lightsaber fight, and I'll tell you the list I have. Mike, how many are there? There are, I counted 15 lightsaber fights in, oh in my. All, all nine movies. 
give you like my top three. I ain't going 15. Again, yeah. give me the best. Give me your favorite. Oh, I, my favorite lightsaber battle is a weird one. It is Anakin versus Count Dooku in the opening scene of episode three. Interesting. Because it one. shows how much Anakin has grown and it shows that he's a dominant Jedi. All right. Uh, Pete, how about you? You know, I've been going on the importance of the storyline, right? And I have to go when it comes to lightsaber battles, the technical lightsaber battle, I probably have to go with the whole Snoke sequence. I would probably have to say that's my favorite out of the whole, the whole, all the movies we've seen is that episode eight one. All right, Stank, how about you? I think from a technical sequence in terms of it looking phenomenal, uh, the throne room sequence, I agree with Pete, is the best technical looking one. Um, I, I'm a sucker for the Empire Strikes Back with a bad guy winning. I love that. And I think an honorable mention that kind of gets overlooked is Ray versus Kylo at the Starkiller base because when Ray gets that lightsaber, I mean, I, I, was, I was amped. I mean, the music at that time is awesome too. I think that's an underrated lightsaber fight. Not one of my top ones, but definitely underrated. Actually, I miscounted. There are 16 lightsaber fights in, in the movie. So, from the I, Mike, I just need to reiterate another point of my point. Yeah. Another point of my point is in, in episode two, when Anakin runs at Dooku, he gets destroyed. And three years later, the guy doesn't stand a chance. He cuts his arm off in like five seconds. He cut both and hands. To, yeah. To me, it's just like, a complete 180. It showed us so much growth that we didn't get that we we got because we watched the Clone Wars and we didn't get until five. All right. So to reset here, I mean, this is just based on like how I felt watching, like which one I was most excited by. So this is very objective here. So last on the list is the virtual Ray Kylo fight episode nine when they're on when Ray's on the ship and Kylo was on the planet. That was so I don't I don't even remember that one. Yeah, that was terrible. Uh, I had your one like second to last because it was just so it was over so fast. No, I, I can see why you say that, but to me, it's not a matter of how it looked, it's a matter of what it meant. Okay. Then I had Ray versus Kylo on the Death Star wreckage in episode nine. I don't even remember that one either. <laughs> yeah, let's put nine out of your memory, clearly. I only saw it once. Yeah. Uh, num- num- like number 13, Obi-Wan against Grievous in episode three. Oh, I would have that higher. I like that. For me, though, just the impact is so short. You see him twirling the lightsabers. It's like it only lasts for like a second before he cuts an arm off. True. <laughs> Uh, number 11, this is going to be a very uh, controversial one. The original Obi-Wan Vader lightsaber fight. I don't think it aged very well. It did not age well, but it meant a lot. It meant a lot, but like yeah, it, it did not, it did not age well at all. Yeah. Uh, next up here, I had the Obi-Wan Anakin versus Dooku in episode two. Cause like, there was someone to mention the, and the fact that Anakin comes flying in after you think he's knocked out is fun. You include the Yoda as part of that battle too. That's a separate one for me. It's a separate one. Okay. Okay. Number next up here, Mason the Jedi taking on Palpatine. Awesome okay. when we saw it. When you watch it again, it's like these are the best Jedi in the galaxy. You have four of the best guys ever. Two of them go down in less than three seconds. Yeah, one it's goes like, down four seconds later. What you couldn't like? Why didn't he call like, "Hey Yoda, can you come here for a minute?" Like, what is he doing? That's more important. Yeah, I think Yoda was on his way to Kashyyyk at that point. It doesn't call him back. <laughs> you, could, you, could, you could end everything. Yeah. All right. Fair point. Number eight, Yoda versus Palpatine, episode three. Because again, it's not much of a lightsaber fight, it's more of the force. Yeah. King versus King. Yeah. Uh, seven, that's that Ray and Finn versus Kylo fight. That's the one you're talking about. Stanko's talking about. I had that here. Oh, see, that would be in my top five. Easy. Yeah. yeah. Would, what do you have that at? You had that at eight? Eight. 
Then I had the virtual Luke versus Kylo thing in episode eight, just because the twist is so fun. That one would be like bottom three, bottom four for me. I Again, he's force projecting across the galaxy. Not a real fight. Yeah. Okay. Yoda versus Dooku episode two. Awesome seeing that. That had the, 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 the crowd was going wild on that yeah. one. Yoda yeah. collects yeah. the electricity and just pummels it in his hand. Yeah. yeah. Number five is the throne room scene from episode eight where, where Snoke dies. Mm-hmm. Then I have Luke versus Vader episode six. Okay. I mean, it's the finale, so I guess it's got to be up there somewhere. Yeah. Three's Duel of the Fates. Is it that good of a duel, or does the music make it that good? I, you have so many faces that fight, though. It just goes on and on and on. It's like so many moments. You have Qui-Gon in there. You have the Obi-Wan thing where he learns the high ground trick to kill Anakin, to slice Anakin's legs off later on. So, what kind of Ray Park is, it, it's, it's so cool. He's so good with the lightsaber. He's yeah. very, very good. Yeah. Number two, Luke versus Vader, episode five. And then number one is Obi-Wan and Anakin, episode three. I mean, that's awesome. The Battle of Mustafar, like I said, is the reason Revenge of the Sith is so high for me. That battle is excellent. I love in that battle when they're you can, they're doing the same move over and over and they're missing because obviously he trained him and they try the exact same thing at the exact same time. That's a pretty cool little thing. Yeah. All right. Let's do some other quickies here. Best space battle, uh, Stanko. Best space battle. Wait, I had this written down for a second. Base. Um, I think I kind of went the Battle of Scarif when it was the space battle, and then also happening on the ground. Yeah. Uh, the duality of that, and then, but the real answer is you have to put a new hope in the destruction of the Death Star because that is number one, and the Force is with you. The whole entire thing, Han coming back, big giant explosion, practical effects. That's got it easily my number one. Pete, any disagreement? Uh, no, but I, I, I do want to put the force awakens. They have some pretty good dog fighting in that. Um, so, but I, I have to say number four, episode four does definitely has the best one. Nick, I don't disagree, but I want to bring two up to play devil's advocate just so we can make sure they're not left unsaid. The opening scene of three, the battle of Coruscant was a great space battle. And yep. the second death star battle with Lando was awesome. Also awesome as well. When they're just sitting there, they think they're all fine. And then all of a sudden, boom, that death star is operational. Yeah, that one's underrated. I think for me, it is four, but I think the other ones that you mentioned are also very fine candidates. It, yeah, I'm, I mentioned the hyperspace battle too with Holdo in episode eight. I don't know if that's a battle, but that moment in space would be in my top three moments. It's also very funny that The Last Jedi opens up with a huge space battle and Poe trying to learn his lesson about not being trigger happy, and nobody mentioned that at all. <laughs> yeah, because it was a very stupid fight for him to take on. Yep. All right. I just I decided to create a problem with him. Nope. didn't have anything. But we'll get to we talk about that. All right. Most overrated movie. Nick. Seven. South Park does it best. Yes. Member member berries. All right. Pete. Oh boy. Um <laughs> you have to you have to say five. Yeah, I mean we're talking strictly Star Wars uh storyline, I would have to say five is the most overrated. I think Stanko, you want to go? Return of the Jedi, I think for me. If you look at it in terms of compared to the other two original movies, it's not nearly as good. But for nostalgia, for nostalgia reasons, it's still very good in my mind. I think, honestly, based on the results of this poll, Revenge of the Sith, I think, is extremely overrated by a lot of this fan base because I think not, like it was like the third highest movie number one on the list, which I think to me, like, that's too high. It's not the best movie. I'm sorry. 
for this list, I would agree with you. I, I think this list is a little skewed. I don't think the world has Revenge of the Sith as the third best one. Yeah. Okay. Underrated movie. Uh, I'll give you first, Anko. I had Rogue One, but to be fair, your audience was proper in its ranking as a top three Star Wars movie. But Rogue One for me, I always is my most underrated Star Wars movie. Uh, Pete, underrated. Yeah, I think The Force Awakens is pretty underrated. I think they just put the tag on, well, it's the it's the sequel, so it's all garbage. Um, yeah. But I think it's a very underrated film. Nick, what's your underrated film? Uh, I want to say Rogue One, but I want to change it up a little bit. I want to say the same thing. So I'm going to say The Phantom Menace. Yeah. That's I, a good... I thought, we talked about it before. It's in theaters, very underwhelming. I mean, as a kid, I loved it. You know, seven years old. That was the best thing I ever saw. You know what I mean? But, <laughs> but um, you know, as you get older, you start disliking it. But the politics behind it, as a kid, they suck. But as an adult, I'm actually, I want to get behind that. I love Palpatine's plan. I love the lightsaber battles. I love everything in it. You know, I, the pod race we talked about, Darth Maul. When he put when he when he put the second lightsaber up, that was the moment. That was it. That was that was as, as big of a moment as Thanos to snap at the time. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna go with Pete. I'm gonna say seven because I think as Stanko said earlier, all people here who are ranking not seven down low and like at the bottom third of the list are people who are just going back and saying the sequel sucked. I hated seven when in theater, you're probably all like clapping and screaming and going nuts at seven. So I think uh, the- just because I enjoyed it at the time doesn't mean it was good. Yeah, I really, I really think it's a bad movie. Uh, we agree or disagree. Star Wars movie. I don't think it's a bad movie. I think it's, it completely destroyed the lore for money and to make a new lead. Yeah. All right. So now we'll go on here. Uh, best character in the saga, Nick. Darth Vader. It's, it's, it's his saga. I think it's unanimous. Yep. yep. 100%. All right. Worst character in the saga. Is it anybody other than Jar Jar Binks? I yes. want to, I want to, I want to make a rule on this, Mike. I don't think you can ask worst character and then have me or Pete say zero because there are like even Jar, maybe Jar Jar, because someone's got to be in a lot of stuff. You know what I'm saying? Right. You can't just be in one thing and be the worst. Like I can't say Rose. She was only really in episode eight. It's not her fault. I mean, it is, but you know what I mean? I have the prequel battle droids because those brown battle droids are stupider than regular stormtroopers, and it's insane. I hated how dumb they were. It still irks me to this day how stupid they were. Uh, Pete, who's your worst character? So I'm going to agree with my friend. I told, I told him I'd give him a shout here because I agree with him. Uh, Anthony Gianfresco, Jar Jar Binks. If they would have went the whole Sith Lord route with him, I think he would have been so much better, but he just useless. Yeah, he, I think he was useless, and he does basically set Palpatine out to be the Emperor. I gave him the emergency powers. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, here you go. Have fun. Yeah, yeah. Nick, who's your worst character? Padme. Ooh, good answer. Actually, that's, that's a, a very, answer. very, very good answer. I don't, I don't, I don't like her. <laughs> I used to think she, think she sucks. I think Natalie Portman sucks at playing her. I think Natalie Portman's a fine actor. I think she sucks in this in Star Wars, or yeah. a fine actress. Excuse me. But I think she just sucks in Star Wars. Everything she does is just like cringeworthy. Now I'm gonna couch this a bit. Also, I think in terms, ter- I think Jar Jar is the answer for the worst. But I think in terms of like presence in the movies and what they were and what they're actually hyped up as, Boba Fett does nothing in the movies. His entire <sighs> presence is is off is like in the in the Mandalorian. In, in like Clone Wars, stuff like that. Like in the movies, he shows up, he collects a bounty, and he gets thrown in the Starlight Pit. Yeah, but he looks dope as hell. He, but yeah. he, literally is cool, uh, he literally is cool armor in the movies. He's not doing yeah. any badass. You, you, know my, you know my opinion on Boba Fett. I've 
we had a little, you posted it on Twitter about how he, his little costume that was cool transformed into four spinoff TV shows and a whole race of people. Yeah. Yeah. As, as in feedback, Barry Pepper mentioned also best character, Boa Fett, hands down. He agrees with you. I mean, I still think Darth Vader is the best character, but Mr. Pepper, um, he's awesome. Boba Fett's awesome. You can make that much of an impact without even having your name said in the first movie. You're pretty cool. Cool. Yeah, I just think it's like Kid Boba Fett is funny, though. You mean the one in episode two? Yes. Yes. We talk about how ruthless it is that Mace Windu chops off his dad's head and then Boba Fett just (laughs) picks up his dad's head. Yes. That's just savage. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was thinking of Boba Fett in in the in Slave One, yelling, "Get him, Dad!" When they he's chasing Obi Wan through the sky, that was that was funny. And those torpedoes, I yeah. still my ears still hurt from two thousand two in that theater. I, how loud that was! That, they they just are popping those ion torpedoes. And there you have it, folks. That is the Star Wars movie rankings. That is a fun standalone podcast for you guys. We're almost two hours in here. It's a lot of fun and. We're going to be joined soon. Stanko is not going to be with us next time around, but we are going to be going into the world of Rebels, Nick. Nick, can you tell us about what we have to look forward to in season one? Um, I'm going to lie to the audience, so that way we, you guys come back. <laughs> We're in for a treat. Episode, season one is fantastic. <laughs> uh, it, 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 it's, it's better than season one of the Clone Wars. It, it, All right. It, it's, not, it's, not, uh, it's not bad by any means. It's just um, it starts slow. It starts slow, but it picks up, and it's a good show. Don't get me wrong. I love Rebels, so I'm very excited to get into it. Yeah, to be fair, Clone Wars started slow, too. Exactly. And I think Rebels starts less slow than Clone Wars did, so you have that to look forward to. We're off to a better start, so we're good. In fewer episodes, too. It's only about 15 episodes season one. Good. And, you know, it's exciting because, you know, one thing that's exciting about Rebels, especially in the beginning of it, that we didn't get in Clone Wars, all the characters in Clone Wars, except Ahsoka, we all knew. In Rebels, we don't know any of these guys. You don't know squat. We you you've introduced a few of them because you've seen the Bad Batch and you see, you know they introduced some of them along the way. But these are all new characters, so you guys are going to learn some new faces and some new people. Yeah, it'll be exciting to get into that. We'll do all the fun stuff. We'll do our trackers. We're going to bring heat track when Hondo shows back up again. I'm excited about that. We're going to figure out some new ones along the way. And you're excited about Hondo now. Times have changed since January. <laughs> yeah, I became a Hondo fan over the course of the show. So I'm going to Disney in November, and I hear he's there. Yes, he is. So I'm excited to hang out with him. Yeah, Stank, one of my favorite moments in Clone Wars when, was when Hondo gets drunk in the arc in Season 5 when he and Ahsoka take on the Younglings. That was fun. Yeah, Hondo is, Hondo is phenomenal. He is one of the most – he's not even underrated in terms of his part in Clone Wars. He's just great. Every time he pops on the screen, it's a pleasant surprise. Yeah, we we track things in Clone, like in Clone Wars as running gags. One of the things we keep track of the times Hondo shows up, we, we have a tracker going on. Well, I think that's a happy tracker because every him and Obi Wan have a very funny relationship. It's just he knows what character he is, and he's great. Yeah, the, so to remind the audience, also the ones we have going on here, we have the Hondo trackers continuing. We track where the dark saber is and when it shows up, and Bo Katan is going to come along for the ride. We track where Bo Katan shows up on the show, considering this start is to keep up with the Mando references. Yeah. So for anyone who didn't know. The reason we went and watched Clone Wars and now Rebels is, you know, I've seen them before. Pete and Mike, this is their first experience in it. But after we watched season two of The Mandalorian, Pete and Mike are big Star Wars fans. And they said, all right, there's information out there that I don't know about this show. And I could know. So I want to know it. So that's why we went along this journey. And we're going and each step of the way, each season, we're coming on here and we're talking about it. And we have a lot of fun doing it. 
Yeah, we're going to be on track. We're going to do one a month as we've been doing, and we'll be on track to be in, wrapped up in time for the Book of Boba Fett in December. So that's the that's the game plan here. Just just jam-packed the Star Wars in 2021. I love it. Yeah, we are jam-packed. I want to thank you guys for coming on. I really appreciate it. Our guest, John Stanko here. It was a fun time, fun time hanging out with you. Before we let you go, how can we follow you on Twitter? Give us some of the stuff you're up to. You can follow me on Twitter at jstanko99, or I do my own writing at stankosstance.wordpress.com. Just a bunch of movie TV stuff. Keep my mind moving. Again, thank you guys for having me. Love talking Star Wars. I found it very interesting how we all went about it in a different way and how we look at Star Wars, how it affected our lives, all in a positive way. We all love it. So it was a very interesting thought experience in that. So thank you guys for having me. Absolutely. And I will say, I mean, try to get your level with the movies. I mean, I think over the past like three weeks, I've watched about like 17 movies. So, oh my God, I love, love to hear it, Mike. I love to hear it. Besides all 11 of these, I watched all three installments of the Fear Street trilogy. I watched The Quiet Place Part okay. Two, Space Jam. Yeah, Space Jam New Legacy, which sucked. That was awful. <laughs> that was a piece of hot trash. Yeah. I was, I had Sandros on the podcast last week talking about this one. It was awful. We gave it both D's. I gave it a C minus. So, like, what, do, what do you give the first base gem? First base gem, I give it a solid B. Because I wonder, I wonder when, the, when did that come out? Ninety six, like around there. If I was thirty years old when that one came out, I think I would have thought it sucked too. <laughs> but I wasn't. This one's far worse. Yeah, I haven't. No, I haven't seen it, so I, I can't really judge. Yeah, I also got in there. I got Black Widow in there too, Stanko and Cruella. So I am all on top hey. of stuff. You're all on top of the Disney. You are you're paying Disney's dollar. I am. It works. It's working out very nicely. Mike, have you gotten around to Monsters at Work yet? I have not. I really, really recommend it. Yep. I when, agree with that statement. When you're watching 17 movies, you don't really have time for much else. They're only 20 minute episodes. You can do it. <laughs> yeah. Uh Pete, since you're up here now, I'll have people follow you and tell me what some stuff you're up to. At PJ Considori29, just a bunch of NHL free agency stuff going on now. I don't really want to talk about it. So, yeah but yeah so yeah follow me on twitter i'll be retweeting all this stuff it's it was a pleasure uh to be with uh, be on the air with john stanko again um always love his takes um as well as yours mike and yours nick so it was it was a fun time i really enjoyed this yeah and nick is not giving out his twitter just yet but if you leave your comment leave your handles in the comments he will follow you yeah i mean i'm always i'm looking for more followers twitter i mean other way around looking for more to follow Twitter blocks me. I try to follow as many people as I can. Then it says you've reached the limit. And then you know, I, I just I want as I want as many as possible. I want my Twitter feed to get jam packed. I I, I I get to the bottom too fast. So yeah. please give me more people to follow. All right, that's been a lot of fun, guys. I'm glad you can stick around. Stick around later this week if you are a sports fan. I do have some sports content coming up this week. I'm gonna do some training camp stuff and more. Until then, may the force be with you. <laughs>